All right. I demand to know what you think you're doing. I was wondering what it is you're fighting for, Mr. Bright. This is not the time to get philosophical on me, Amaro. Stand up this instant. Hey, why don't you leave me alone? If you're so eager to send Gundam into battle again, why not pilot it yourself? What? I'd do it if I could. I don't need a kid to tell me how I should do my job. Yeah, well, I don't see why I have to do something just because I can. <sighs> Look at that! You are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nothing but garbage. I'll never get in the Gundam ever again! You excitement! Stab into a Gundam! <clears throat> you got no right! Not even my own father hit me before! Ooh, yeah! Alright everyone, welcome back to episode 78 of Gundam Dub the Rapture Special. Yes, that's true. It's being recorded on May 21st, the day of the rapture, the day that we're, the world is going to end. So if you hear this, then you weren't very good. If you didn't, then you were good. And uh, I, I know there shouldn't be any interruptions on this. We might lose Solbro halfway through the telecast here, but uh, <laughs> other than that, I, I think me and Chris will be safely playing here on old Terra Firma, if you know what I mean. Oh, so uh, this is going to be a great episode right here because what do more you know? Terra and less Firma. <laughs> <laughs> more Terra, less Firma. <laughs> what are you talking here? Why do we always go back to 30s, 40s news, real guy? <laughs> But um, in this episode, it's going to be great because, like I said, it's the Rapture special, so this could actually be the actual last episode of Gundam as you know it, but uh, or as you good people would know it. So um, I'm I'm sure if uh, if we stay here uh, two weeks later, I'll be recording again. So it'll be episode 79, and you'll know you'll at least have Gundam as you're waiting to go into the fiery pits of hell. Oh my um, gosh. So, um, <laughs> but always joined here. I'm uh, joined here with uh, Chris and Soulbro. Guys, say hello to the um, you know probably half the audience is going to go after this one. So um, you know, say what you need to say. Hello, brother. Oh hello. my god. <laughs> Destination damnation. <laughs> It actually sounds like a sounds like a wrestling pay per view. Destination, damnation. <laughs> yes, and before we begin, you know, um, sad news. I know probably a lot of our listeners know about this because I know a lot of our listeners pay attention to this. But uh, a great icon of mm -hmm. uh, something that I, I know me and Solbro looked at when we were when we were kids. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage got yep. killed in a horrible car accident. Um, you know, Friday, May twentieth, in uh, Florida. <laughs> in yeah. Florida, of all places. He he was he was born and raised in um, Sarasota, Florida. So he's a hundred percent. Well, to be honest with you, this is where all this is where it seems to be all. Um, wrestlers go to die or either get their steroids from is florida so um, or both, or both. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know horrible thing uh you know seems like he had a heart attack when he was driving and just veered off and and, and you know hit a tree and uh you know it, it sucks but um 
you know, Macho Man is is a you know he's an icon. I mean, he's yeah. up there with uh, with Hogan and those guys and making this a mainstream thing. And you know, those people that aren't very uh, much into wrestling would know him from Bone Saw. He started yep. his Bone Saw in the first uh, our, um, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. Uh, the guy that Spider-Man fought this first time there in mm-hmm. uh, in the wrestling ring, and um, everybody knows him from Snap It to a Slim Jim. And before we begin, me and Soul Bro are going to give him a 21 Slim Jim salute. Macho Man, this is for you. Snap! Man, that fake beefy goodness. Oh my god, so spicy. Smoke spices. Man, delicious. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I'll be chewing for the rest of the segment. (laughs) But always always sad news to hear somebody like that die. If I I may express some wordage. Okay. That's uh, uh, my my own my own uh, words on the on the Macho Man. Damn, some I was I, I I'm not a big I'm not a big watcher of wrestling. I usually only watch it with groups of people. But now I'm choking on this damn Slim Jim. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, though, uh, during the summer they used to show um, uh, wrestling specials on NBC to kind of uh, offset the hiatus of Saturday Night Live, and there'd be like Saturday Night Slam Masters. And I got you know, introduced to the Macho Man for the first time because of those specials in the early 90s. And he quickly became my favorite wrestler. Everybody was all about the Ultimate Warrior. But I could give a, I could give a shit about the Ultimate Warrior, to be honest. He didn't talk. Or Hogan. He didn't talk. Hogan, you know, he always said some, 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 some mamby-pamby stuff. But Randy Savage, he electrified the mic before The Rock did. And he was, always, he was my favorite wrestler until The Rock really, you know, came into his own and became my top favorite wrestler. And the only reasons why I would watch wrestling in the first place even when he moved to wcw the times i catch wcw there was randy savage right there man rocking the mic and talking talking nonsense about hogan and the rest of them man he would call the hulkamaniacs the pukamaniacs and in, in all truth um the last 10 years him and hogan didn't talk to each other i guess they had a falling out well when um news broke of uh randy savage's death uh, uh yesterday uh, at the time of this recording uh the hulk tweeted hulk hogan tweeted about I was say uh, the hulk i was like what <laughs> i'm sorry not Hulk angry. Hulk go like that macho man dead. Hulk, Hulk looks sad. Hulk sad. sad. Macho man dead. But um, Hogan, he went on. I would to imagine say, that drunk Hulk would treat tweet that though. He probably would. I gotta check his feed. But um, yeah, um, Hulk Hogan went on to say that uh, he had just him and uh, him and Randy had just started to um, conversate again and and keep in touch since they're practically neighbors and um, just keep up with each other and get involved in each other's lives when this happened and he was pretty much devastated about Sucks, that just man. as they started to communicate again and and hang out and whatnot and um. It's 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 felt by a lot of people who you know either came across him in the movies on TV. I think one of two of his shining moments on television, besides him being in the ring, was on he made an appearance on Dexter's Laboratory yeah. years ago in a in a in a segment where he played the wrestler. Welcome, heroes of Earth. You have been chosen to receive the most glorious of gifts: the opportunity to face me, the great wrestler, in a contest of strength and skill. For eons, I have scoured the cosmos, searching for the one adversary who could provide me with suitable sport. But lo, I have yet to find such a noble soul. Each creature, each race, more pitiful than the last. So I spare them the disgrace of their weakness by destroying their worlds. And now my quest has brought me to this timid little planet you call Earth. So terrestrial heroes, can one of you quench my thirst for the divine conflict, the supreme struggle? Or will your planet be doomed to the same fate that has befallen so many? And he was kind of like a Galacticus. 
yeah. a take on that where he he fought Earth's greatest heroes and none of them can beat him in a wrestling match until Monkey showed up. You know, the, uh, I guess he was a, a minor character on Dexter. And um, he put him in the ring and because of Monkey's spirit, uh, where he just would never say die and, and not submit that um, he spared Earth from being destroyed. He found it to be a, a planet that was worthy of um, remaining intact. And he just re- he just slayed that role. All his... Uh, all his taglines were set in there, and it was it was it was hilarious. And then later on, he appeared on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, yeah. where he played uh, Space Ghost's uh, grandfather, <laughs> and he was an absolute right, just talking talking nonsense to the guests on the show, and. Um, he he was he was just a riot, and I, I don't know why he wasn't utilized more for his voice acting talent. You know, he has such a signature voice that you just enjoy hearing him just speak, and um, he just he has a great time with the mic. And um, he was always entertaining to me and to many people. Where are there. you patterning your charisma from? <laughs> I can't I can't I can't hold a candle to Macho Man Randy Savage. He was also excellent as a as a wrestler in the ring. He 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 um, brought a lot of acrobatic to um, acrobatics to uh, fine elbow to baby. performance. Oh yes. Whew. That dude was a maniac, but um, he's he's gonna be completely missed. Uh, I look forward to seeing Raw on Monday and how they're gonna dedicate the the, the show to him because I know they will. Chris, and, uh, um, your fond memories of the Macho Chris, Man. Go ahead and uh, the, the wrestling guru. Make your you peace, are. sir. Bone saws coming for you. <laughs> that was a great role, though. Three I mean, minutes of playtime. <laughs> I can't think of anyone else who have played that part. Hey, listen, some kind of mistake. I didn't sign up for a cage match. Hey, unlock the thing. Take the chain off! Hey, Freak Show! You're going nowhere! I got you for three minutes! Three minutes of heat time! Yeah, he's perfect. Absolutely incredible. But, uh, rest in peace, Macho Man. But, uh, before we, um... Before we move on to that, uh, we're going to be doing some news here and be doing some mailbag. But uh, before that, um, I normally would, I guess this would be a straight talk thing, but not necessarily because oh. I don't really want to do it on this. But Good I up. just want to let everybody know that um, I was, uh, you know, I, I have a PS3 and uh, I got, um, I unfortunately got a call from my credit card company the other day <laughs> that was attached to my PS3 and uh, said that I got nicked um for like about six or seven hundred bucks for some stuff so um uh, i just want everybody to kind of keep an eye out but um you know a couple of people that i told this to they're like man aren't you pissed like shouldn't you get some like restitution from from sony i'm just kind of thinking to myself i'm like well not really i can't say that i'm really that pissed because chase card they uh they took care of it no problem i'm not gonna have to pay for it but you know a i think one of the things is i used to always use those point cards and i'm gonna go back to doing it because i put that credit card on there from like one purchase late night one time and i'm never gonna do that again but then i'm thinking and I was, you know, just talking to a lot of people about this because it seems like eventually this will probably happen to um, Xbox. They're going to get hacked into too, and it's like I think I'd get more pissed if it was if my uh, stuff got hacked into and my credit card information got stolen off Xbox and PSN because first off, PSN I don't pay for it, so it's on my onus that um, you know I'm going on a uh, I'm going on a network and there's a possibility of my stuff getting stolen. But I, I think about it, I'm like. This happened on Xbox. It's like, you know, you pay, what, $60 um, a year for it. Well, right. you know, all the things that you can do on Xbox Live, you can do on PSN for free. So where is that $60 going to? You think it would go to, like, protecting my information? I mean, so. is that true, though? I mean, there, there are some features on Xbox Live that are not on PSN yet that are coming to PSN. Like, um, But you're still not going to have to pay for them. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, they're not My thing yet. is, is right. I'm not mad because it's on a free site. And well, it's it, on my own aesthetic. But the thing is, if yeah. it happened on Xbox, and this isn't like 
to crap on Xbox or anything <laughs> you sure? Anything like that. <laughs> no, it's not because it's the thing of if where does that sixty dollars go to? That's yeah. what I've always had the info. That's always my thing is is where does this money go to? Especially when I'm able to access the same things on there. Oh, it goes so, direct deposit into Steve Ballmer's bank account. Because because you got to think about this so that he can dance and scream at conferences. If there's ten million subscribers in the yeah. U.S. and that's probably a low number, okay. sixty dollars. That's six hundred million dollars. What are you doing with that money? Uh, well, they're, they're so far, a lot they of a lot of bandwidth getting used on uh, them servers. <laughs> a lot of bandwidth getting used on those servers, yeah. but the same. But what is it? Seventy million people got hacked into on PSN, and it's a free service. I and the it's way, the same services. Uh, hey, it's not seventy it. million people. It's seventy million accounts because accounts, as you whatever. as you yeah. know. Uh, well, I have at least five PSN accounts. <laughs> well, even, you know, for, even for different even, territories, so I can download demos from other countries. It, even it, even if you cut that down to like a third, or you know, or, or, or half, or whatever, you say, okay, for, so for every account, it, it's a ca- attached to one person. It's probably it's more like fifty account. million, roughly. That's still a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, that's I, why I, I don't get mad about it because a. The credit card company is taking care of it, and okay. B, the other the other thing about it is too is that's why they have those point cards. Yeah, you well, you're getting putting you're getting sober fired up here. He wants yeah. to say something. Well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I get mad anytime security is compromised. But also on the other side of that coin, if I'm paying for it, something, uh, if I'm paying if I'm paying yeah. a fee for something, it sh- there should not be a lapse in security. There's so been, if if, if yeah. Xbox gets hit and yeah. my stuff gets gets hit on nicked on that, okay then I'm going to be more pissed on that but because I'm paying for it. I'm just going to say that I, I've submitted my credit card information to other outlets that were free or, you know, I didn't have to pay a monthly service to or anything like that, and that's been hacked into, and I've also lost money because well, uh, my credit that, card information was infiltrated. The, that, but I, the, I, I get mad anytime it happens, period. I'm not mad. Not, Sony, Sony, Sony just got taken advantage of like all these other people do. I think it's inevitable on other networks like Xbox Live. You know, eventually Anonymous or whoever is going to well, go any, and, and concentrate their efforts on taking that on Microsoft. credit card and, number online, yeah. it's the ability you, to You run hit. the risk of being but taken. Th- yeah. But the thing about it is... Yeah. Is I had a lot of people that asked me. They're like, "Oh man, you should like, you know, you should go after Sony and sue yeah. them for because no, of all this stuff." I'm like, "Wait a second. Twenty first century First crime. off, my bank's taking care of it. That's yeah. all that I care about. I don't really care about anything in the end. Mm-hmm. And you know, I understand the risk that I'm taking. Right. That's the that's the mentality that I'm I'm trying to put in here. Mm-hmm. I know this is I, I speak in logic, and okay. sometimes me and Chris sometimes speak in logic and reality. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for people to understand, but that's how. What are you it bringing is. me into this for? I have nothing to say. <laughs> you know, the thing I'm mad about, I'm mad. I say, I say the one thing I'm mad about Sony, I'm mad at Sony for, is that it took so damn long to let us know. Dude, it's a massive failure, failure, man. Yeah, well, that's fine, but you know, at least you know, come out with something. Don't stay quiet for damn near a week. But how do they know? Well, I guess they did. You're, you're, but, you're, you know, you're playing armchair quarterback, but not, but yeah, but, I'm not, but I'm not still, getting, I'm not still, getting into still. this discussion because it, 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 that's just armchair quarterbacking. Okay, I'm just saying that you know. People out there, if you had something, check your stuff. You mm-hmm. might be getting hit, but um, you know, just uh, just just be and 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 realize that you know I've gotten to the situation now where I'm going back to just using those cards and yeah. I'm not doing anything else yeah, on that's it. That's what I do because I can, I can buy them at Seven yeah. Eleven even at four o'clock in the morning if I need to. But um, yeah. I will digress and I will move on and I will go on to some great news here because we have some great stuff here. And the well, let, me, let me put my anger into biting my Slim Jim. <laughs> you do you that because I've already finished mine. 
because <laughs> damn, they're good. You know, they're they're horrible for you, but damn, they taste good. But the first one here is from um, great submitter here, Defender of Destiny, Jabman Zero Two. Uh, five. Yeah. Okay. Sound, sound excited, man. Yeah. You sound excited. No, it's, you know, every HUC just does that to me. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> but, uh, no, this is actually pretty cool, though. Um, and he got this off the uh, Tomo Pop website. And uh, there's a link here, and it's showing a, a Saku, Sharsaku cup holder <laughs> that's available in the Gundam Cafe. Dude, that's awesome. And uh, it's actually pretty cool. And uh, there's, there's a Sharsaku and a, a Goof cup holder for your car. Oh, wow. And uh, they have a pretty cool picture. It's showing it sitting in like uh, the AC vent of probably some Japanese car. And Speaking, um, speaking of the Gundam Cafe, I just want to give it... Uh, mm-hmm. It's about $36 American, it says here. So uh, definitely pretty cool, though. You I'll flip to, up I'll, the top. I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our, our friends at Anime Addicts. shout-out time. Huh? Hold on. Hold for your hey, shout-out, you know, Since you talked about the, the Gundam news. Cafe. This is the news. <laughs> we, we like to do things All right, like, then. I'll save we it. We do shout-outs at the end, man. Okay. All right. Yeah. This, is, this isn't... Uh, this isn't it um, was relevant. So top 40 I radio. Say. I'd like to give a shout-out. <laughs> to my play, girlfriend from please, 15 years ago. Please play miss black you. and yellow. Please. Please call me. I'm waiting for you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Jabman025, Defender of Destiny, for your submission. And um, I know there's probably... I know you've probably been steaming lately because there's been some ill things said about Destiny, but no one cares. Um... Next one here is from Gundam Type Zero, and uh, there's some new Code Geass manga. Oh, nice! And I think this is uh, this is um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because it basically just is uh, Code Geass clerks, but what? it's actually called Bar Geass Lelouch of the Sales. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a first. I should have called it Barcode Geass. That's a missed opportunity. That too. Oh. But um, <laughs> they. Uh, it, it's basically talking about Lelouch as a um, as a part-time store clerk in a convenience store. Oh, sweet! So uh, definitely check that out. He's got a link to the anime. Wasn't well, even thing. supposed to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to grow a bag on my day team? off? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm sure there's going to be some great hilarity in there. And, Is, and, is uh, Rivals Randall? <laughs> I wonder if this convenience store though uh, sells Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, that I wonder. If only. But uh, thank you, Mr. Gundam Type Zero, for your submission there. And um, the next, uh, the next article we have here is from Carudo, and uh, this this comes from kind of our financial news section here. But uh, what do you think uh, Bandai Namco's most lucrative license is within all the licenses that they have? Hmm. Do you, do you have any guesses? <laughs> Tekken, you say? Okay. Yeah, Tekken. Sobra? Um, L game? I'm just. <laughs> this isn't 1986. Oh man, I wish it um, was. This is 2011. What could it be then? Well, uh, it's got a link here to uh, Silicon Air. I don't know what the this what Silicon Air. Sonic Air. Yeah. Whatever. Um, check the check the link. It's a matter you can't read English now either. <laughs> I'm a little drunk actually. It's starting to things are like. Blurry. Drunk off that um, macho man. No. <laughs> the combination of beer and Slim Jim. Um, but uh, no, Mobile Suit Gundam is their most lucrative franchise Get for uh, 2010, 2011, and for their projections in 2012, followed by Mass Rider, which uh, I know a lot of our listeners love, Power mm-hmm. Rangers, uh, One Piece, which I know Chris is a big fan of, uh, Pretty Cure, and Ben 10, which. Um, ben 10? I never understood Ben 10. Wow. But um, An American yeah. property? But if you. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, if you go to Target, you probably yeah. s- you see Ben 10 all over the place. So uh, thank you, Mr. Carudo, for your submission there. 
And uh, our next item here is from Vent Noir. Oh, one of our resident Australians. Hide your wallets, folks. Um, the Australians are here. Um, just joking. Um, Solbro, I uh-huh. know you're a big fan of Voltron. I am. Well, or at least the eight-year-old me is. Yeah, the eight-year-old Solbro is. <laughs> is That's there a it. difference? Oh. <laughs> F you. <laughs> Good one, Chris. <laughs> all I got to say like is... Like a sniper with that shit. All I got to say is good one. <laughs> Locked on target and firing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. An, an eight-year-old stuck in a 30-year-old's body. Oh, I hate you both. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is coming from courtesy of Anime News Network, and um, they're they're kind of taking a, a page out of Gundam here by this new uh, U.S. Voltron cartoon. Oh, it's called Voltron Force. Okay. It's going to premiere on Nicktoons on uh, June 16th, and there's some uh, videos on there. And uh, it took many years uh, to uh, to do this because we know everything is uh, in development hell with Voltron, mm-hmm. and this Voltron Force is going to be a sequel to the first series taking place several years after the final battle between the Voltron Force and Prince Lotar. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, definitely check that out. So um, I, I guess with the success of this, we might have the success of, uh, we might get that live action one that we've all dying to get, or been dying to wait. Uh, you mean the movie here. that's been in pre-production for seven years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some, something I like to go, in, go into production hell. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I uh, just want to thank uh, Mr... Vent Noir for his submission there. And uh, this last one here, and I can't remember who the hell did this one. And this is bad because I should be more professional as a uh, as a, uh, a newscaster here. Chris, what do you do on a Un- moment? Unprofessionalism like is, is the mark of your work. So <laughs> it is your hallmark. To do, to do, to do otherwise would uh, not be in character. <laughs> oh, okay. This one is for Bushido. Ooh. And uh, thank you, Mr. Bushido, for your submission. But June, next month, 2011. Right on. Are you ready for some excitement? I am. Well, this is coming from the Gundam Guy, Gundam Guy blog. Oh. There is going to be an announcement for a new Gundam anime series for the fall oh. in June 2011. Man. Supposedly. Cause it Supposedly. Cause said that it might also be the announcement for just some kid comic, so oh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get too excited. Yeah. However... I, well, would note I, that I said series. I just I didn't, you know. But thank you for you, you clarifying said, that. Well, you said anime. Would, well, I was going by what they said on the thing. So. But there's more to it than that, which is that it might also be an announcement for a kids' comic. However, given that the last three shows were all announced in June for October broadcasts, it is a distinct possibility. But we usually discover it through um, URL registrations that are found by sneaky fans rather than yeah. official announcements. First off, mm-hmm. yeah. because that's the way that. See Destiny and Double were all discovered by people uh, checking out what Sunrise has been registering oh. <laughs> online. Nice. But uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Bushido, for your submission. And uh, that's it for the news. And like always, if you have any news articles, put them on the Neos Listeners Submitted News Articles thread in the Mecha Talk forum. And uh, before we get on to our first uh, segments, which I never even talked about what we were going to do, but I'll, I'll tell us what they are after the mailbag. Keep, keep you guys in suspense. So <laughs> keep you guys listening because I know some of you guys, uh, you, you, you download, you listen to the first 10 minutes. You're like, I'm not interested in that. I'll just fast forward. So um, <laughs> to, to relieve Chris of one of his pet peeves, we're going to go over to the mailbag for uh, the first question here. Chris, over to you. 
All right, this first one comes from Kaon73, who says, what are your collective opinions on the presence of transforming suits in any of the Gundam universes? Is there a point, and do they make any sense within the logic of their universe, or do they simply exist as a marketing tool to sell toys and plomo kits? I keep the question restricted to Gundam only and not other robot series like Macross, where transforming mecha are the whole point of the show. I'd have to say yes, because I think in some ways within the stories, like the Zeta and some of those other ones, um, you know, like uh, the, the transforming mecha made sense. Right. But then in the end, though, too, they are there as a marketing ploy to sell models and all that, too. So I think yes is the appropriate answer on my end for all of that. It's all of the above. Um, I, to be honest, uh, I, I do think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a draw for merchandising uh, at first. Um, if there's practical uh, applications you know, that the characters use them for in the show, that's always cool when they find reasons to, to, to implement the transformations in there. But you know, it, it's the cool fact that it always wows uh, people and makes them want to go out and get the, the, the merchandise and the toys and the models and whatnot for those um, transforming suits. And I always, I always think it's, it's definitely a merchandising standpoint first and foremost. I'd say that uh, it depends on the show. You know, in some shows, they make a point of why the transforming suit's important. Like, oh, the Zeta can you know, enter the atmosphere on its own, and that has story implications. Uh, and others, it just seems like it's there for the toy gimmick. Like, for example, in, say, Wing, I never saw any really important reason why it was that Wing, Wing Zero, and Epion had to transform. Right. Yeah, because they all seem like they could enter in the atmosphere, no problem. Yeah, and they all got around on their own just fine to get to places they were going to destroy so yeah hero can fly around on his own but you know big deal yeah you know, it's not like he ever did much with that flight mode which you know on wing is a pretty sissy flight mode <laughs> that is yeah. true so uh i would say again it really depends on the show because yeah, in reality there's not too many transforming ones there's enough but not because, like you said, outside of Wing, Zeta, and then what? Um, Double Zeta. Zeta. I mean, some C. don't even really have that many. Like, F-91 didn't have any Transformers. Um, Victory had very few. Mm-hmm. It just had the Victory. Well, the Vic- I mean, oh, it actually... Oh, uh, yeah. You know, they had the, the, the leaky underwater suits. Yeah, that's Along right. with that space version. They didn't really have much other than that, so... Yeah. And, of course, they had the, uh, the helicopter mecha. But not yeah. like too many, like in Zeta, where it's like everybody and their little brother had a transforming mobile suit. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Our next question comes from Prince of Zeon, who says, I've been listening to some of your earlier episodes just for kicks, and there was some mention of a Solbro's woman. He labels Clan Clan from Frontier and, of course, Emma in this way. So I will ask you, Solbro, what are your criteria for your women, and can you give us some examples apart from the ones you already briefly touched upon? Oh, Would Delandale from Escaflone count? <laughs> I will speak for Sobro, oh yes. Oh my no. god, no. I don't know. <laughs> so there's a second question that's for all of us, but this one's all you. Well, um, to answer that question, um, just just the fact that the, the cool chick usually, um, like uh, Eno L. In what although, way, though? Huh? Cool in what way? It just it has a, uh, a cool disposition, kind of like the, she, she, she stands out from the crowd. And um, a girl that, you know, usually these shows are male-led. So, you know, the girls don't usually get to, 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 to drive the shows. Uh, narrative, but um, you know, a girl that's a a cool girl Friday. I always like um, um, women in um in, in mega animes that are. In what way? What's that? Emma drove Zeta in what way? 
No, no. These usually the women in the shows are not the driving factor of the show. They usually yeah, I know, but uh, you said support. They, they help drive the show. Though. No, no. I didn't say they help uh, drive the show at all. I said normally they don't uh, help to. Uh, they don't drive the narrative of the show like the male lead does. But I like a I like a female character in a show that's a that's a, a girl Friday type. You know, Frau Bo, um, Emma Sheen. Um, in some ways, Eno L later on and uh, throughout the course of X, and and just 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 female characters like that that are that are that are. Um, Cool chicks. Uh, um, um, uh, Miller, uh, genius, from um, from uh, Macross. How's she know. like Frau Bowen now? She's not like. I mean, she's like the 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 side. You're all over the place, man. I'm I'm really That's confused. Just, okay, yeah. well, just just I always I always seem to pick. Make uh-huh. simple. Explain for me. Understand. <laughs> so many word I, I, I use. I, I like the girl Friday types. That I'll, I'll just I'll 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 leave it at that. That that are that show That's up in these. That's not Millia though. What's that? I don't think Millie is a Girl Friday type. At least to Max, she is. You know, first she's a rival, but then she becomes uh, pretty much his wingmate. So me no understand. Uh, well, anyway, mm. I'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Second you question will. is: <laughs> If you were all ace pilots, what would your custom color schemes be? Oh man. Well, I know. Um, I went into mine the other um, episode, mainly black with red and uh, red and white highlights. Uh, maybe uh, with a little twinge of uh, midnight blue. In, 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 in the uh, in the in the sheen of the black uh, is mine. Uh, Neo, what's yours? Bright red, with yellow and black accents. There you go. You go for the bizarre factor, man. Yes. Bright and distracting. Well, I want I want to I want them to know that I'm there. They- <laughs> I want I don't I don't want any confusion on the gum camera footage that I'm getting some. Chris will be all concerned and be like, <laughs> Chris will be like uh, some stealthy color. I'll be like, no, uh, for the sake of variety, all hot pink. So that the enemy thinks that I'm some weak female pilot, like all of these shows where oh. girls have uh, hot pink robots, so that they underestimate me and then I kill them. Reverse psychology. That's that's yes, that's excellent. <laughs> yes, but You're very dubious. But it'll be variable phase shift, so that when I don't want to be seen uh, in an embarrassing pink scheme, I can change to stealthy colors. So hey, you're like you you're go. like uh, Jesus Yamato then. Yes. Exactly. Even, he, he, as much of a pussy he, as he, he could be. Even he didn't want to be in the strike rouge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's no way in hell I'm going in this paint scheme. <laughs> even, if it, even if it uses up more power to put these colors in, I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. Next one comes from Awesome78 who says, Hey Gundam crew, just wondering what is the most obscure or weird Gundam reference you have seen in the anime sci-fi? sci-fi or not. Mine would be the Red Comet and Black Three Stars restaurant at the end of the second episode of Gundam Unicorn and the Connie drop in the newest episode of Gintama. Well, you're asking a lot because yeah, they're all over the such place. an influential anime. There have been a zillion references you know, here and there in tons of shows. Mm-hmm. You know, recently you've had shows like World Only God Knows, um, Genshiken, uh, you mentioned Gintama, uh, Sergeant Frog, which is just an enormous Absolutely. love letter of Gundam references. Mm-hmm. There's old shows that make references. It's it's a really hard question to answer because there have been so many damn references. Um, one that I would say, just for mecha anime in general, that has mm-hmm. some obscure references is Hayate the Combat Butler, oh. which throws in Optimus Prime lookalikes, uh, pink scope dogs, <laughs> uh, Gundam stuff. And that's, you know, throwing in a, a, a pink scope dog in a new anime, that's a, that's a pretty obscure reference. Absolutely. Yeah, the, totally. How many people, how many uh, suits you think Cherico could kill 
if he was in a pink scope dog. Because <laughs> I think actually he would be more angry and more A vicious. lot because they'd underestimate him and think that he's some weakling girl and then he'd blow yeah. them all away and they're like, oh no, it's, it's Chirico. It, there's a simpler truth to that. He couldn't leave anybody alive who saw him in the pink scope dog. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That, that's a good point there. It's a matter of pride. To, to paraphrase uh, Tro Barton, none who have seen a pink scope dog can live to tell of it. <laughs> we're not we're not comparing Tro Barton though to Chirico, are we? Oh, just just no. that, just that. You're just using that. Oh, okay. well, you hate Tro, Jesus. <laughs> no problem. Sorry. So, Go do you guys, do you guys have anything to mention or? God, there, like you said, I, there's I have, so many, man. Yeah. I, I you might name, say there's so many to choose from. I can name an yeah. obvious one and, and a not so obvious one. Obvious is uh, Excel Saga. It's the only reason I watch the show. The only reason I watch the show because of all the Gundam references that are in oh, it. We, we know that you yeah. love that show so oh, much. Oh, dude. I love it so I'm, much you bought it. I'm glaring at the DVDs right now. <laughs> Why don't you just sell it, man, if you hate I, it so I much. just might. Um, and then the other one, which I enjoyed seeing these references. Sell it to in. me. Because uh, <laughs> I actually like it. Hey, I, I didn't you think know it was what, that you, bad of a show. But. I, we will have to talk about that after the recording. But uh, <laughs> the other show that um, the Gundam references came um, kind of unexpectedly was Great Teacher Onizuka. Um, there was a, a blonde-haired girl in the show who was kind of a psycho, but um, her look and design kind of looks, she looks like Sailor Mass. And there's these nerds in her class that idolize her as if she is Sailor. And in one right. particular episode, they go on vacation. They go to like... Oh, um, I forget where's the oh, Okinawa. They go to Okinawa, and these these nerds are holed up in their hotel room watching, having a Gundam marathon. And she's she has to share the hotel room with them, so they drag her into watching Gundam all night. And when morning comes and Onizuka stops by the hotel room to pick up the kids, she wants to beat his ass because <laughs> she paired him up with those nerds, and she didn't get an ounce of sleep because she had to watch Gundam all night. And there's other Gundam references throughout the show, but it's just it's just funny how they play into it. It's funny you uh, you mentioned that since Onizuka is played by the same guy who did Garrett Ran yes. in Gundam X. <laughs> I just I just have to sit there when you said Okinawa. I had to control myself because I just wanted to go destination Okinawa. <laughs> I'm glad you contained yourself <laughs> until <this> now. Point. <laughs> uh, our, if there's anything else, uh, our last question comes from uh, Kosh. She has awesome. several. First, has the Gundam crew ever heard of Gundam 0079 War for Earth? For those who don't know, it's a 1990s PC PS1 game. It is basically an interactive movie with lots of bad CG, which was the style at the time. Think right. Wing Commander, except bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's been uploads recently of the Cinemax of that game, so you can take a look. There's a YouTube link in the mailbag. Uh, I have heard of it. Oh, I've heard it. I've seen oh, wait, I'm not, I'm not done. Oh, stop, go ahead. Stop, oh. stop blowing it early like Solbro does. You're welcome. They they are, I believe, essential viewing for fans of 0079 and another sobering bright slap in the face about Gundam live action after G. Savior. In any case, I just wanted to hear your thoughts since I doubt you'd ever talk about it in an actual segment. I'd personally love it if you ever find anyone to interview who worked on this monstrosity. Uh, no, because I, I would probably ask, beat them and ask them what they're thinking. So if you have not seen this horror, this is the infamous videos you may have heard about or seen with uh, Fat Char. Yes. Dubbed over by Shuichi Ikeda. What? Uh, okay, this is Fat Skinny, Char, skinny, skinny black Ryu Jose. Mm-hmm. And just really bad everything. It's horrible. It's bad. If you want to see it, <laughs> look it up on YouTube or look in the uh, link that Kosh posted in the mailbag thread. Man, a freaking bright look like he came straight from the from the diner where he was doing um where he's waiting tables. Doing dishes. 
doing dishes as, as soon as like an hour earlier. Dude was so hamburgers out of the trash can. Oh, the dude was so unkempt. I was like, man, that can't be bright. He looked Come like uh, Barf from You Can't See That from Television. Yeah, he looked like Barf. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. You have I, no idea what we're talking I about. I had heard about it, and I had always heard about these videos about Sh Fat Char, but I had never seen him, so I'm going to have wow. to go. I'm gonna have to go check this YouTube. I'm gonna have to go. Oh, uh, you, you, you watch out, man! You, you, you may have a heart attack seeing your your Manicato's voice oh, uh, coming out the mouth of some fat dude in a really bad outfit. Coming out the mouth of failure. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it 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 may be like it may break um it may break the laws of physics here. Hey, it, man, it may it may break your admiration for for Char and and for Akeda because it's just it's such a horrible image. It's sort of like it's like now, the, when the illusion is broken when you find out that uh, that Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah, oh, the two fairy geez. doesn't exist. Yeah, and Neo already met Fat Char. Well, no, is this guy fatter than the Fat Char I met? He's about the same size. I wouldn't doubt it. He's the same guy. <laughs> but at least that guy didn't have Shuichi Akeda's voice coming out of him. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that's bad, man. Hmm. Man, that's terrible. But um, okay. Well, Chris, anything else in the mailbag? Oh, it's Kosh has a few questions. Oh, oh, no problem. Keep them coming. The second one is for me. It says, I'm applying for a journalism course soon. I have a background portfolio and a healthy cynicism and disdain for my fellow human. Are there any other qualities I will need as a beginning <laughs> journalist? Aside from a handy bottle of scotch and an understanding that Earth doesn't have the best culture. <laughs> yes. Mad cynicism. The understanding that you will never make any money in that field and then in a few years you're going to want to get out. Oh, <laughs> if you if you have that in mind, you'll you'll do okay. Or, or or the realization that your main competition is people with no journalism background doing blogs. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but at least she uh, at least she understands the uh, necessity of drinking. I think that that's what all journalists, good journalists, and, have and, to do. And and knowing that Earth doesn't have the best culture. That is Man. true. She knows the fundamentals. <laughs> the next question is for Solbro. Uh oh. It says hey. Do you ever play Street Fighter 4 online? I know I'd love to have a throwdown, my friend. Probably kick his ass. <laughs> she might. <laughs> um, I, haven't played, I have not played Super Street Fighter 4 in a couple of weeks. So, oh, my um, God. Really? No, I would love to fight Is this her. why the world's ending? Hey, Because man. you haven't played Street Fighter? Look, next month is AE, man. Is it, is, it like, uh, is it like, you know, the, uh, like on Lost, you got a guy keep pressing the button. Solbro has to keep playing Street Fighter for the world to turn. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the rapture. So. That's why the rapture hasn't happened yet, man. Because um, because because we we keeping hope alive. But no, um, I'll be I'll be honored to fight you online. Um, I'm I'm on Xbox Live as a uh, Solbro Ryu with spaces between um my gamer tag uh, name and then um on PSN I'm Soul underscore Bro underscore Ryu. Um, I actually corresponded with her about this, and um, she I she please, asked please me to videotape her. these. <laughs> yeah, I, I can record them. I'll record yeah, them I want to see these recorded. I, I don't want. If anything, if um, if she, as long as she, with her, with her, uh, with her uh, permission, I will videotape the matches and put them up on Shinjuku Station Fight Tube on YouTube, and um, you know, people can see the outcome of the fights. And I hope we have a good time. I already added her on my friends list on Xbox Live, and uh, when she gets her um, Xbox up and running, we'll uh, we'll duke it out, and I look forward to it. All right, the last question is, I was wondering if the Gundam crew has read the Colony Drop anime blog, and what do you guys think about it? Surely it generates a lot of controversy, but I like that the authors don't shy away from being confrontational, and at times it feels like they're 
they borrowed the Straight Talk Express. They also have a focus on trying to have more mature, sober anime blogging, and they sure do highlight lots of sci-fi mech shows. Any thoughts, you guys? Well, I've been there a few times. Their website is colonydrop.com, for those who don't know. Same here. Just, just an anime blog, nothing that really sticks out about it. Yeah, I, I like I like here. some of the reads yeah. that I read there. I, I think it's a pretty cool uh, website, personally. I think like anything with a blog, it's it, it, they're they're on point with certain things that you're that you're into, and certain things you just don't identify with. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think with any of these things, we always got to kind of take them for what they are, and and, and realize that um, you know whoever it is, all these people aren't always saying everything that we're going to believe in, or or um, you know that. You know that's correct or right, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's about it. All right, that's uh, that's it for the mailbag. All right, well, thank you, Chris, for the mailbag, and um, you know we have teased it, but the uh, we're going to have we're returning back to two segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first segment here is going to be a well, probably a, what better for the Rapture special <laughs> than uh, talking about something that's completely bizarre and off the wall, and that is the manga of uh, Gundam Sose. And uh, those who know, know what it's about. And those that don't know, definitely uh, listen to this segment and uh, check it out um, once you're done listening to it. Because if you're a big fan of Gundam, um, I think it'll make you even a bigger fan. Because it's uh, definitely a great uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, kind of revisionist embellishment of what happened. Those, uh, those great days between 1979 and, what, 1981 when the, uh, the movies came out. So... Um, and the second segment that we're going to have is we're going to have uh, some of our favorite apocalyptic endings to some animes. Uh, most of the mecha, but some some other shows too. So uh, just some of our thoughts about it. And uh, before we go, any uh, any things that you guys need to hit on before we get into our first segment, Chris? Nope. Solbro, I just I just got that shout out. I've I, 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 I held okay. on to um, Solbro. Your shout out. I just want to give props and and I'd say thank you to uh, Chiaki and Misugi from uh, Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Uh, they went to Japan recently and visited the Gundam Cafe and they took a lot of pictures and videos and I'm going to link them in this uh, episode. Yeah, they got cool toilets in the Gundam Cafe. Oh, dude, the stories we we all know how big I like Japanese toilets. <laughs> Let's not get into that discussion. Yeah, I'm just toilets. No doubt. No, I'm just saying. But we, we these could, videos are pretty cool, though. We could wax about that all night, but we won't. Um, kind of scary, though. I, I, I want to take a deuce in some of these things. <laughs> but they brought us back some snacks and um, some erasers from the Gundam Cafe, some souvenirs, and I we thank them. We we, we thank them for uh, for hooking us up and um, regaling us other stories of the Gundam Cafe and, and its toilets and its and toilets. toilets. And back to you, Neo. Well, that, that would have been a, a great thing to do in the last segment of the show, but no problem, for, uh, Soul Brother. You're welcome. But, uh, <laughs> Did you almost go and blame me for that? <laughs> I, I, I was a little... I was, a little I was trying to segue during like, the news. <laughs> I, I think I was, was going to yell your name just to see, you know, help me, Chris. <laughs> Whatever, let's just move on, damn it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no problem. But uh, with that, we'll be with our first episode. Uh, you're listening to Goddamn AMHQ. Damn. 
If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AF. M-A-H-Q-C-H or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code A-F-G-U-N-D-C-H. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around glow and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Spill it, or we take you out in the alley and we knock it out of you. You needed the money, so you killed her. That's not true, goddammit! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. And for this, uh, this segment, we're going to dip into a topic that we hardly ever discuss, and that is manga, which we know people have been asking about for years to cover more Gundam manga. So we're going to do it, just not in the way you think. So instead of talking about a stray or a cold to CL or double O or Boring. any of that stuff. Boring. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to talk about something that's far different and perhaps more enjoyable, and that is Gundam Sosei, Ooh. which is a, uh, I don't know how to describe it, parody, anniversary, parody satire, yeah. anniversary manga that was created by Hideki Owada. It ran for Gundam's 30th anniversary, and it's the story of the creation of Gundam, <laughs> which normally you would think sounds like some kind of boring thing, but no, this is a very hilariously bizarre story. Uh, about how Gundam was created through the eyes of the main character, Yoshiyuki Tamino. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Tamino through the lens of, if you've ever read Warren Ellis' excellent Transmetropolitan series, Right. he's basically a Japanese Spider-Jerusalem. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Because they're both, they're both bald guys with glasses who are crazy. Yeah. It, but it, it, Spider-Jerusalem it, perhaps just a little bit more so than, than this version of Tamino. <laughs> but but yeah, and they make Tamino crazy right. Like, yes, he knows all. So 
the story is that uh, in this manga series, which is 24 chapters and not officially available in America, you know what that means. It starts during the production of Gundam, and we see Amuro's voice actor, Toru Furuya, recording the line uh, from that famous scene of, You hit me twice. My dad never hit me. <laughs> Although, for whatever reason, Toru Furuya is drawn to look like Amuro Ray. No doubt. Yeah. And always wearing those, those busted civilian clothes that he had on in episode one and later when he ran away from the white base. His, his, his jean outfit. Yeah. So, uh, Tamino doesn't like his delivery on the lines, comes out of the booth and hits him. Like, right in the face. Like, real, like, sucker punch out of nowhere. He's like, you hit me! And then Tamino bops him again and he loses a tooth. And, and he's like, say the line. And then as soon as he says the line again, everyone's shocked, like, oh my god, it's on a completely different level! Oh my god! <laughs> so then, um, as he's leaving, he, he bumps into Shuichi Ikeda outside, mm -hmm. and Ikeda is a drunk. He's auditioning for the role of Amuro. He vomits inside of the recording booth, <laughs> and, and they're ready to kick him out, but um, he comes back. And he insists to Tamino that he wants to do uh, a reading for this character, Char. Mm -hmm. After seeing a picture of him. After seeing a picture of uh, the like a production sketch. Right. So he comes in. He's still drunk. And they're like, oh, my God, what's this guy going to do? He already vomited inside the studio. What, what is he going to do? <laughs> so then there's this shining light. He literally transforms into Shara's novel in full Xeon costume with the mask and the helmet. And when he says the line, no one wants to acknowledge the mistakes of one's youth. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, he became Shar! And then that's how he got the part. So it's the story of how Gundam came together, starting in 1978 with Tamino reaching out to toy sponsors. How he assembled his crew, including Yoshikazu Yasuhiko, who mm -hmm. is... Depicted as this like ultra rich and famous pretty boy, <laughs> yeah, and a and a art art artistic genius, artistic genius, uh, Kunio Okawara, who is an actual grease monkey mechanic. He's always in coveralls and with a hat, working in some workshop, looking like a burly dude with the with the with the full on mutton chops. Yeah, <laughs> and, and all sorts of other bizarre characters. So we see um, the beginning of Gundam, how its ratings aren't so good, the constant struggles to keep the show on the air, all the things that happen. But it's all hilariously bizarre because Tamino is like this biz crazy iconoclast character, mm -hmm. and he always has crazy outbursts. You know, he's always talking about how he's gonna this. This Gundam is going to revolutionize the world, and everyone thinks that Gundam is going to revolutionize the anime world. You see uh, brief inter interludes with Gundam's devoted fans, including one with a very specific type of haircut, who I believe is supposed to be Shoji Kawamori. Oh, which one is that? Which guy was the, the it? Dude with his hair split down the middle. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because that that is how Shoji Kawamori looks, and there is a reference to Gunsight One, which was the Gundam fanzine. Yes. Mori ran in college. In I saw that. Reality. That's awesome. So I believe that 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 is Kawamori because they show him a couple of times. It's like you can tell instantly that looks like Kawamori. Mm -hmm. So eventually, as we all know, uh, Gundam gets canceled, and this is a sad business for everyone. Mm -hmm. And Gundam goes away, but then it becomes a hit in um, 
in reruns, and they they have the story like, oh, all that business about Gundam's toys not selling, that was a lie. They couldn't <laughs> stop selling them. And then Tamino starts floating around this thing of, oh, I think Gundam's incomplete and no one should watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? And he says, here's my Tamino memo. And it has, like, some sketches of, like, ugly mobile suits from MSX. <laughs> yeah. Things. And it talks about, like, characters like Cusco Al and all the stuff that was oh, yeah. supposed to happen but didn't. And the reason Tamino has done this is to drum up interest for making a Gundam movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie studio wants, no, wants nothing to do with that because they just want the next space battleship Yamato. Yeah. And then in one, and probably one of the most hilarious interludes um, in one chapter, they talk about Idean, <laughs> which had at the time just been canceled. And Tamino talks about how he fooled the sponsors into making that show. Mm-hmm. And he shows them the three different vehicles that make up the Adayan, and he told the sponsors at the get-go, like, okay, uh, you know, this is what Cosmo Yuki rides in, and this truck right here, that's the truck that takes the kids to school, where they fight to protect the world. Yeah. <laughs> the Which, school bus. <laughs> if you've seen Adayan, you know that that's... Not the truth, yeah. Completely a lie. Uh, yeah. More from reality. <laughs> that show is so dark and miserable at the end, with everyone dying and all of the death, and, and the t- as we've talked about before, that's just so hilarious that that's the, supposedly the way he sold it to the sponsors, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was a bit of a kernel of truth in that. <laughs> Not only that, but the fact that Cosmo is just so unlikable and f- so far from being just an average schoolboy. Like, it, yeah, let's pilot the super <laughs> and defeat the alien invaders. Let's go get the buff clan. No, is, he's like, it. F you, Bess. <laughs> like, F you, I don't want to listen to you. I pull up a knife. I got an afro. <laughs> and, and a jumpsuit. <laughs> and effectively, Tomino made the worst toy commercial ever. <laughs> So, yeah, because when I watch that show, I don't think about owning the Adeon. I think about the horrors I'm watching. <laughs> but anyway, back to the back to Sose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Adeon is mentioned as as one of his failures, and uh, we have the continuing story of him trying to get the movie together because the studio only wants to do one, but he insists on it being a trilogy. So he stages this stunt to force them to make it a trilogy, and then mm-hmm. it does become a trilogy. And there's this national anticipation building up because Tamino channels the power of the fans. And they start buying Gunpla and Sunrise, which is described as like this like dirty little studio. Yeah. Yeah. They start putting out official guides that all of the fans are lining up for days in advance to get. And he basically uh, harnesses Gundam into uh, a national phenomenon that takes the whole country by storm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the end of the story is the the premiere of the Gundam movies and the new age of robots that it ushers in with shows like Macross that follow afterwards. So, as we said at the top of the segment, complete parody, total nonsense, you know, based on, you know, the actual events, but twisted for, for comedy's sake, with, again, some truth and some things. So, yeah. what did you all think of uh, this story? Let's start with you, Sobro. Man, I, I, when I sat down with this manga, you know, I, I had already been, you know, forewarned that, you know, it, although based on um, events that happened or circumstances that took place, that it was going to be way out there, kind of like a Yakitate Japan or something like that, and I wasn't disappointed at all. Reading this, you know, just to see the wacky um, uh, I guess interpretation of Tomino and, and how everybody involved 
involved with the production is characterized in such a vibrant way. Uh, reading this, and, and, and it, it, it's going by so quickly when I'm reading through these chapters. I thought it was going to be a lot longer than it was, and um, it turned out to just whiz by like nothing. Um, my impressions of the manga, um, it makes me wonder, reading this hilarious uh, interpretation of, the, of these historical events, if, you know, what is true and what is just trumped up to make it sound, you know, even better than what it was. Like, um, was Gundam that really that groundbreaking of an anime that it introduced so many elements of anime fandom, like cosplay and, uh, and, and, and fanzines? And um, I'm sure there were some that probably existed beforehand, but not on that level that Gundam inspired. And if uh, Tomino and company went to that, um, that magazine uh, publisher and um, had him like trump up how, um, how, how big a deal it was that Gundam was getting canceled, which, you know, inspired all these fans to, um, to do, you know, to, 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 to rally together to try to save the show or at least raise awareness in it and how things just reached a fever pitch. The, the manga does a very good job in, 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 in just showing you um, the, 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 the fall and then rise of Gundam during that time. And um, it, it apparently it, 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 it wants to show us that it was the forerunner in a lot of anime uh, or anime fandom things that, uh, that we take for granted nowadays. Um, uh, my favorite character, I probably have to say in the whole thing, is probably Itano Circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should, should mention um, Ichiro Itano, the animator, mm-hmm. uh, is depicted in this series as like this Spike Spiegel looking guy. Absolutely. <laughs> As this, like, rebel animator who, mm-hmm. you know, draws, like, all of these frames for, like, a key falling to the ground that someone says, like, there's no need to show all of that. Just make it simple. <laughs> and he draws, like, all of these bizarre things. And the manga specifically mentions, like, yes, later on he would work on Macross and unleash mm-hmm. upon the world the Yatano Circus. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, he, um, he, you know, the, the, the way that he you know, brought innovation to animation. Um, that, like the whole thing with the key falling and the fact that he had actually took in mind the physics behind a dropping key and how it really looked like in animation. You know, that, that was really cool. And, and it, it, is it true that he actually worked on the episode where, um, I guess the episode with the brow bow where, uh, where its bits were moving around in that uh, kind of uh, just just erratic fashion. You know, Probably, it, it, I mean, he really yeah. did work on the original Gundam show. Because that he always... did a lot of like the mm-hmm. like the really fancy animated sequences of action. Yeah. I believe were done by Atano. He was responsible for the scene where the white base took off from Jaburo, and we got to see all of the uh, the, the flamingos flying past. It's like, wow, that was a really iconic scene. Like you can freeze frame that shot, and it's a, it's a it's a beautiful picture. And 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 of course the uh, the movement of the bits, which would carry on throughout all the other Gundam series. You know, if he was the innovator behind that, that's that's incredible. That you know he got his start on, or he, he got his notoriety through working on Gundam. Well, his whole thing was the whole thing was that he took he took just as much care for an ex. Inconsequential mm-hmm. scene as you would with a, a scene that was the main part of the show. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, the little things. like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something that's going to be there for five seconds. And he's like, doesn't matter. And he's got you know the whole you know whole philosophical spiel about why he does what he does. Yeah. <laughs> to the old school animator, I, I guess when he had that argument with him about the key, yeah. he, he was saying, well, why you have to? Why are you doing so much more work? You know, he, at the first, I guess the guy thought it was costing him more money, but Itano explained that um, it was. Uh, it's the same amount of um, frames we're using and no more money's being spent. We're just taking a little bit more care about the little details. Um, you know, I just want this shit, I just want this to look right. And instead of just doing the traditional style, I think we can make innovations in animation that can make our product look even better and advance the medium. And, um, you know, he was laughed at at first, but when he found a home at Sunrise, that guy got uh, 
full license to do what the hell he wanted. And um, I wouldn't say full license because uh, I, I love the scene at the, towards the uh, end of the manga where they uh, show Cassilia's death scene. And oh, yeah. how oh, he, and he talks to... about how it's like he had it way much worse <laughs> than what was actually shown. He's yeah. showing her and body, get rid of the part and see entrails flying all over the cabin yeah. and all that stuff. And you know what, though? He got, he got carte blanche on the day on, so it all worked out. Because <laughs> he oh. worked on that, too. <laughs> It shows in those last episodes. He could have been he could have been the guy responsible for ultraviolence in the eighties though. He could have been the one guy who inspired a whole decade of ultraviolence anime. I, I think the repressed nature of the Japanese society was responsible for ultraviolence. Probably anime so at that point. <laughs> Whoa. But, but and, and and another scene that tripped me out was when he was um when he was at the construction site and he was trying to capture smoke wow. and the way it flowed and moved and damn near got himself killed by a wrecking ball. That was the best. <laughs> Also, also, um, I guess uh, the the other scene I want to take note in is uh the final scene where it's pretty much uh nerd Woodstock in front of the uh the <laughs> nerd stock <laughs> nerd Cos- stock cosplay nerd stock pretty much cosplay nerd nerd stock in front of the uh, television station because that that one promotion why guy, are we like, why are we pushing against each other he likes Gundam <laughs> we all like Gundam you <laughs> like Gundam right yeah. I do oh man you're my brother. Which was, which was only possible in those days when there was only one Gundam show. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, screw you. You like this show? You suck. You're you UC? No, yeah, I like UC. No, no, no. Seed. Seed universe. Double O. <laughs> Nazi Gundam. That's, that's, that's not possible anymore. And although that is actually not the final scene because the final scene uh, to oh, tie yeah. into the anniversary, yeah. it yeah. brings us to today construction of the 1-1 Gundam which with Tamino, mm-hmm. Tamino, Yaz. Well, no, and, it was already uh, known at the time when this... Oh, no, no. What I'm, I'm just saying, though, in the manga, they foreshadow yeah, it. The, it, it, it. Yeah. But, well, uh, always remember, too, Soul Bros, the one with the mysterious 25th episode or 25th uh, issue. Just I, like I thought what, there was the, 25 the, issues. The, the, the 13th yeah. episode of, uh, what is it, 008? 8th MS team. 8th yeah. MS team? Yeah. Thank, you. Anyway, Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> you see uh, Tamino, Yaz, and Okawara mm-hmm. watching the construction of the 1-1 Gundam, and Tamino's complaining that uh, it doesn't move. Yeah. <laughs> And and they tell him like, hey man, one day it will. Mm-hmm. And then what's kind of neat is the the very final panel. It shows the Gundam along with the three of them, the way they really look. Yeah, yeah. That, that was not, really not cool. The stylized way that they look in the <laughs> manga, which I thought was a little nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool way to end it. I, I and, think the uh, better way it would been is is showing the extra panel of Tamino crying because at <laughs> rem- reminiscing back when he signed away the rights to Gundam. I don't think he ever had them to begin with. Well, whatever. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's a different story over there. But yeah, no, that was it's that not was like cool. Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Hey, did you did you guys notice that in the I guess in the manga um it was it was evident evident that um evident I'm sorry I'm, I'm my, my I can't speak uh, <laughs> but um there were there were characters that of course you know emulated uh characters from Gundam like um for 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 Toru he um looked like Amaro and there were some characters that looked like other characters from Gundam like um the animator that uh Itano worked for had Camille's straight up hairstyle. <laughs> Yes. And also, uh-huh. um, the, the voice actress Keiko Han, who plays Lala, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, she keeps calling Ikeda Colonel, and it creeps yeah. him out. Yeah. <laughs> it trips him completely out. There's, there's also uh, the scene where um, when Ikeda finds out he's coming back on the show because he's been off for, for so long, he's in a yeah, bar he's drunk. He's in the bar. <laughs> he's like, you're sunrise, guys, huh? I can tell right away. Nice. Very obvious parody of... Uh, of that that one scene from uh, the original series where Cassilia's guards recruit him. So, mm-hmm. Nia, what did you think of the comic? Um, 
I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where even as uh you know, even as an American Gundam fan, I found a lot of, you know, I found a lot of funniness and a lot of irony probably with it because you know it's not the way it was. I mean, the yeah. the the way that Tomino's the internal optimist and everything <laughs> that he says, it's like this will change the world and you don't know what you're talking about and it does. And it's like you know that it didn't happen because you know I'm, I'm sure once he got canceled, it was just like oh crap and all that. But you know that the whole the whole stylized way that they had these guys um, embellished in their look. I mean they got they got Tamino looking just crazy. He he looks like some cool like dude like at like the like the owner of like some club downtown that would do like spoken word on Thursday nights. You know, but in the seventies it's like he yeah. looks like a cool guy from now, but he's in the seventies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and you know, he's always got his glasses on and Plus I'm sure Tomino wasn't bald back then in real life. No he yeah. wasn't. Yeah and it, yeah he And he it, always it, wears glasses at day and night indoors and glasses. outdoors. Yeah he's always got the black always got the black sh- the black sweater shirt on with the, with the sleeves kind of rolled up. And, he looked like a hipster. Yeah, <laughs> complete hipster. And then you had um, what was it? Yaz was the the complete pretty boy. Yeah, it looks and, like he, he looks like he belong he belongs like an Oran host club or something. Exactly. Yeah, dude. With the always got color? a suit on. Dude, he always looked- got a suit on with like his shirt buttoned down and you know and and every time you walked into the dude. office, all the girls were like, oh. Wow. With his with, his with his leisure suit, he looked like he was straight out of Uptown Saturday Night, man. Exactly. Straight Something. pimping with that butterfly collar, man. Hell and like you yes. said, o- Okawara, where he's like, he, he's it's like he came out of some racing anime. He's like a mechanic. Yeah. He's it's like, it's like he's ro- it's like is he Ross Brom or something or you know, <laughs> or Orantano, Dumo- who as we as I mentioned, literally looks like Spike Spiegel. Yes, I know. <laughs> that slayed me. But just, just how, just, just the embellishment of how they knew it was gonna work. Like the whole thing throughout the whole thing, it's like, yeah, this is different. It's gonna work. Like the whole scene where they're, they're, uh, I think it was they're at the movie theater, and like the, uh, like the, the theater manager is like he's talking to uh, the uh, Japanese version of the, of the, uh, of the general because doesn't the general work at a theater? And he's like, why are all these people standing in line for? And they're like, what movie's coming out today that would be the, the one that's standing in line? No, they're standing in line for one that's coming out like two weeks from now. What movie is this? The Gundam movie. It's like, oh. And then the whole thing about how they kind of do their take on like the stoner college students who got into Gundam and they loved it because they were getting drunk and stoned every night watching that probably at like 4 a.m. A, uh, 4 a.m. Uh, reruns. And uh, I mean, it's just good fun because it's like it, it, it's it's nice to see a franchise that's so beloved in its own country and then, and then other countries just kind of take what they did. And, you know, it's like, yeah, Gundam did. It changed the whole the whole scene when it came to mecha anime. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they, you know, it's just the audacity that they show that they always knew it would work because, you know, I'm sure if you got Tamino in, in a in a room by himself he probably was like you know and and heard some of the stories they probably had with sunrise and the toy makers and and how hard it was probably you know it's just hilarious so yeah i'm sure at the time for him it's just this is the job that i'm doing for this year working on this show that's it nothing more move on to the next thing next year this is this is something for my resume 
You know, it's not working. It's paying the bills. It's paying the bills. Paying the bills for 1979. And it'd be funny to see what those guys, you know, him and Okawara and and Kaz, and what those guys really thought about this because, you know, they probably just sat back and just kind of laughed. And, and, you know, they were just like, man, we wish it was like that because it really wasn't. I wonder if they've read this manga because it's... (laughs) I'd really like to know what Tamino thinks of of his manga counterpart. He probably loves it. Maybe, but um, <clears throat> one thing that I kind of felt uh, reading this manga, and I think Solbro might agree, is mm-hmm. it certainly kind of has some shades of the old Gainax OAV Otaku no video. Yes, yes, yeah. it does. You know the uh, like the whole thing of like the rise of an anime company, the outsiders trying to break in, mm-hmm. fighting against you know the system, and and doing something different. Bunch of renegades. <laughs> yes, bunch of renegades. Um, I love that this series is just. A ridiculous parody doesn't take itself seriously. You shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Tamino, again, as I said, he's the Japanese Spider Jerusalem. He's always <laughs> trying to feel up his assistant, and she's always like beating him around. Yeah, <laughs> looking at those panties, looking, wondering what color they are today. <laughs> yeah, it's just completely ridiculous, and it's a lot of fun. You know, if you're a Gundam fan, a longtime Gundam fan, mm-hmm. you should read this because you get a good laugh of it. You know, there's never as far as I know, been um, unofficial Gundam manga quite like this because it's always serious stuff mm-hmm. in universe. And it's funny because you talk about the, all, the women that they're showing, you know, while they're working with these guys, and it's like, in some kind of weird way, they almost show that without these, without the women, this may <laughs> not have even got off the ground or, or did what it did because you're seeing how these guys are getting drunk all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, they, they just have these complexes about things and it's these girls that are always giving the words of encouragement. And it, it it's just pretty funny because it, it's, um you know, it's, it's like, it's like you said earlier, there's probably a lot of truths in this that are just embellished to like the, 10th degree so well one example is um and i'd heard this story like years before this manga came out but mm-hmm. i'm i don't know how much truth there, i guess there's some truth in it that um tamino saw in a magazine a uh, a naked picture of sayla and yeah. uh he called them to complain that uh, her nipples are pink <laughs> that apparently is a true story that's awesome but it is also in this manga yeah, and everyone calls it, and everyone's reaction is like, "What? That's your that's your complaint? <laughs> Not that they're drawing her naked in magazine, but that they got her nipple color wrong." <laughs> that hey, is man. a Tomino thing to do. But it, in, for both Tominos, it's like, and you can just see his indignation. He's like, "Her nipples are pink! How dare you? How dare you? How yeah. dare you? Uh, you know, tread upon my masterpiece and not get the details right." He's like, he's he's like a over exaggerated Orson Welles in this. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I mean, it, director was. It, it, it's bizarre because you you always kind of get this feeling you. You get the feeling that he's kind of an introverted. We know he's kind of a disturbed guy because of the things he's done and all this stuff. But it's like you get this. It's like this guy is the 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 way he's portrayed in this. It's like you know that's not really how he was. I mean, this guy is like outgoing and he just kind of you know omnipotent, very confident <laughs> in himself. Yeah, and it's just like very wow. not Japanese. Yeah. And everything American. that he he's very like loud and in your face and yeah. I don't care about your company's position and who you are and Absolutely. 
all of this stuff, and it would never ever happen. But I would love to see this animated. I would too, yeah. coupled with uh, real interviews with the people that did it. Like you know, have like if it's gonna be a thirty-minute show, um, like portion off five minutes where you actually talk to the creators and interview them and talk about what really happened during the during what took place in the episode. You know what really happened and just get their take on the time. I would love that. Yeah. It'd be kind of a, a documentary. Coupled with the parody that is, like, uh, so then it really would be like a taco no video. Exactly, and, and, and just, it'd be awesome if they did something like, and I'm sure they could do this for the ones who are around, mm-hmm. get the voice actors back to play themselves. Yes, dude. I would love to hear Shuichi Ikeda play the the drunk version of himself. Woo, that would be the best. Do, do it like instead of uh, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories, yeah. uh, Yoku Yoshitomino's True uh, Stories, Shibuya <laughs> Stories, or whatever. Yes, I mean, just have like yeah. random people involved with it, like um, with the episode with uh, Itani. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, um, uh, with, with yeah, with him. Um, Why would I spend five hours uh, illustrating a scene that was only for five seconds? <laughs> well, I was uh, doing this scene, and it was only a five-second thing, but I spent six hours on it. Yeah, it, like, the episode to focus on Itano, um, just have uh, have have him at the end, like you know, giving his take on the situation, and and it would just be great. And and I I, I don't know if that'll happen in the future, but I'd like to see it if they if they decide to do it. It won't happen, you know oh, it. Oh damn it, it! It'd be a fun thing to imagine. Bollocks. <laughs> yeah, no. But um, what would you guys? I have a question for you guys. Um, is there anything American that would you that you'd like to see a parody of? Um, in the same fashion as got him. Star Wars, because like, we never get those. The you know, did George Lucas? He knows everything, I'm, and I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, I, I would mind seeing something on Star Trek because, mm-hmm. especially since you hear like how much of an asshole Shatner was, <laughs> like back in the day, and especially once that, once the, once the, what was it? The movies kind of rebooted the whole thing, and Star mm-hmm. Trek got popular again. And what is it? Uh, George Takai oh, just yeah. can't stand him, and just, it's like. I, that would be kind of funny. All the riffs behind the scenes, and, yeah, and the network crap, and you know, just 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 Gene Roddenberry at the time. It it, it, it there's there's elements there that might make for a pretty good uh, a pretty good Sosei takeoff if they decided to do something like that. But uh, anything um, that comes to mind, Chris? Not in particular. Oh well, shit. <laughs> I, I would agree with with uh, Star Trek. So yeah, nothing nothing here. more to add. Certainly not Star Wars because I don't care. Yeah, no doubt. Same and they, and they do them like you just leave Family Guy, dude, to do them like every every three months. He's always doing something. True. Uh, so. Well, I believe that's <laughs> that is it. We've we've taken this as far as it can go. So we'll be right so back. So much for speechless. It's yes. Like... We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Let us do no such goddamn thing. Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as The Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness! A weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. 
This is so stupid, but awesome. That's why this is going to be great. Oh. I'm tired of other anime podcasts being such a starfest. My plan was perfect, but there was one thing I overlooked. One factor I failed to calculate. He's a dumbass. I hate Narutards. Oh my god, he's wet. And I'm sick of the giant Moe monster wreaking havoc in my anime city. So what's my solution? Make a better podcast than everyone else. Well, at least I try anyway. Join me, Josh Dunham, as I talk about my ideas and opinions about current Japanese music, games, and anime. You can find my weekly podcast at www.animation.blogspot.com. That's A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. I review the new shows and manga coming out of Japan, as well as ye old goodies. So check me out. I'm only a Google search away at Animation. A-N-I-M-E-S-H-O-N. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the backseat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy! Not now, gun damn it! This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. In our in this segment, our second segment of this episode, we're gonna wax on about some of our, um, well, I guess our our favorite apocalypses uh, that we've watched in um, in mecha and sci-fi anime. And um, basically, in a lot of the shows that we enjoy, there's either a threat to the end of the world, or the end of the world does happen. Uh, towards the end well, of the show. There's always a threat. Yep. It's just that in some shows, they carry on the threat. It's yeah. like, <laughs> some of it's like, they saved us just in time, halfway through episode 26. We mm-hmm. knew you could do it. And, and, one and there's particular- some that's like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, we did what we were supposed to, but... Oh, S. And, and in some cases, the end of the world comes, and yet the people survive it. And um, I'm sure we'll get into that somewhere in the discussion. But um, I'm going to turn over um, to our first... Uh, our, 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 the first person who will uh, give his uh, his take on one of his favorite uh, apocalypses, our sisters, and um, that would be Chris. Go for it. Well, I'm going to steal you guys' thunder and say one I'm sure you're going to mention, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Gundam X. God dang it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, that was Soul Bro's first offering. Hey, no, that's all right. That's all right. Go ahead. How, how can you beat uh, a Gundam show where... You know, you mentioned in a Gundam show, there's always the threat of an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Here, the apocalypse is in the first minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the first five minutes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they get right to it. So it's, you know, going on and living in this apocalyptic world, post-apocalyptic world of two-headed snakes and um, the required punks with mohawks and leather. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you got the shysters going around. Saying that they're the the the, uh, the the powerful new types from the first war, and they're just sitting there, just trying to get some food, yeah, because they're just <laughs> and then, you know beggars. Then you got you know your creepy kinky girls like NLL, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you've got 
weird weirdos like the Frost Brothers. So it's got everything that you want in an apocalypse and more, since it's got Gundams. So and, and, there you go. And, and you have a and you and then you mix in like the super like stylish chick. I forget what her name was. The blonde chick on the on the um, on oh, yeah. ship. Like mm-hmm. everybody else was like dirty and stuff. But this oh, uh, Tonya. Got, Tonya. Tonya. Tonya's got like the best clothes and the makeup and stuff. And it's like, how? The, where, where does this come from? <laughs> Apparently she was hoarding. Yeah. It, it, it came from it came from a mountain cycle. Oh wait, wrong show. Oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gundam X is 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 very uh, notable for like kicking off the show with the apocalypse and people having to recover from that. What so, was it? Um, they said like it was like ten billion people on the Earth and it was like yeah. less than a million Woo! after that or something like no, that. No, uh, something like nine billion got killed. Nine billion. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like the death count. That's crazy. It was, it was pretty damn Like high. you said, two-headed snakes. I mean, a one-headed snake's creepy enough. Two-headed <laughs> snake. I guess that's what happens when you throw a bunch of colonies <laughs> at the planet you, Earth. You get two-headed snakes. Woo, you get yeah, two-headed you snakes. Do, you, and... do, uh, you do Operation British times, what, 100? <laughs> but the funny thing is that's the only instance of like a mutated weird animal, and it's in the very first like three minutes. You never see like a, yeah. like a five-legged dog or, or a three-headed cat or anything like that as a result of like nuclear weirdness. Yeah, Just one, really, one two-headed snake, and that's it. <laughs> you really don't see any other animals after that, though, do you? I don't remember really anything. Maybe I think, I think there were some cats and dogs and birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Just wildlife that was pictured for... That gives me an glimpses. excuse to rewatch it. I will go. sit there watching each episode. Where's the animals? Pet watch. <laughs> screw, screw this, screw this, uh, this great story that was cut short. I want to see if there's an like some, some, like, PETA blog. Yeah, exactly. Pet watch. <laughs> Anything, anything else to add about Gundam X? Is uh, is a uh, off the cuff uh, world uh, world cataclysm? Nope. All right. I, I can I can guess what uh, what Neo's is going to be. So uh, oh, let's absolutely. let's get right to him. What do you think? I'm I'm thinking uh, of a title that has a colon in it. <laughs> <laughs> As in, empty guys colon empty guys two. Colon the Death Force because the first one was so good we had to have a second one, and yes. then out of that we had to have just Death Force, which you have some crazy computer that just wants to kill all the people, and then you have the twist at it. It's like Geist he got down to the major computer and he's like, "You gotta save the humans, Geist," and he's like, "No, nope. ha ha ha, I'm empty, Geist. Screw humanity." They'll all die. Uh, you, you must have me confused with the hero. Yes. <laughs> Recycled stills for everyone. <laughs> yeah, and in a, in, a, in, a, in a pretty horrible show, you could have uh, a pretty horrible ending to everything. But um, yeah, MD Geist. Can't really say that much after that. Yeah, it's a it's a tough act to follow. I never owned I I never I never owned Central Park Media, so I never had a hard on for this, and or and I'm now and well, your, that, your name would have to be John O'Donnell for that. And and also I I I actually live in a house. I don't beg on the side of the freeway. Uh, you know, is that saying, what he does these days? <laughs> we'll work for MD guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> but all I know is he's an enemy. He's, 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 he's panhandling to raise enough money for an MD Geist Blu ray release. <laughs> or MD, MD Geist Ooh. semicolon. MD Geist 3 semicolon. 
the return of Death Force. <laughs> MD Geist 3 semicolon Requiem. <laughs> On Blu-ray. <laughs> sad thing is, I, it would actually sell. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the sad thing about it. Doesn't count if John O'Donnell buys all 10,000 copies. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If, if it goes down to 8 bucks, like I saw some Blu-rays at Best Buy the other day, people will buy it. <laughs> Yeah, but that includes some decent movies like Scream and Office Space. So that that's not true. the same. That's not the same level as MD Geist colon whatever. So you're saying that Best Buy selling those because of overstock, not because of the how bad these shows are? Maybe I'm sure in some cases because they're bad. I just want to get rid of them. That too, but yeah, MD Geist colon Death Force, man. It's an apocalypse. It's an apocalypse. It's got it's... mohawks and leather. It's got everything in it. As really. was required of all 80s anime. Yeah. <laughs> it was the law. Crazy, Sweet. bedazzled, mohawk wearing, uh, eye makeup wearing thugs mm -hmm. and ruffians. And, <laughs> Lots uh, of tats and, and, yeah. and dirty clothes. And always, on, and always on some weird motorcycles. Yep. Some type of like, it was, weird it was definitely in the Mad Max. That, that, that all make that weird same sound effect. <laughs> you know no, no, no. It's like, it's like a. It's like a like a weird horn. Mm -hmm. oh, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, that yeah. that early '80s anime, oh, yeah. like horn sound effect on motorcycles. Yes, yeah. and we heard it a lot in Fist of the North Star and and Votoms <laughs> and Votoms as well. But yeah, that that is true. Um, and that one, and that um, was it. In that one crappy uh, Bison Well one. Remember when dude was like? Oh, uh, are you talking about Garzy's when, Wing? Uh, Chris's alter ego was yeah, uh, Garzy's. Japanese Chris was sent to uh, Garzy's Wing. Why are we talking Warrior. about that? Holy Warrior Garzy's Wing. <laughs> Stop talking about that. <laughs> that was Japanese, Chris. Sweet. Well, I, I guess we can't top that, so that closes out this segment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's too bad there wasn't an apocalypse oh. at Garzy's Wing. Uh, only, it helped it. If only. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll say mine. Um, I saw this, and uh, I, was, I was shocked in 1985 as a kid when I saw this happen, but... Um, it always stands out on my mind when the uh, Zentradi pretty much rape the planet Earth in episode 26 of Macross, <laughs> which I guess was going to be the last episode of the show. Oh, the uh, but um, they got the extension. The, to the do, reign uh, of death. The reign of it's death. rain and lasers. Well, when we Hallelujah. got to see Soldier and Child for the first time. Yeah, that was the that was the progenitor of the, uh, Soldier and oh, that was Soldier and Child. Soldier and Child. That's what, right, what man. What was the first Mother and Child again? Probably Mobile Suit. Um, oh no. No, that was uh, in Zeta. I, well, was it Zeta? Uh, no, that oh. that was shriveled up. Mother and child. Oh yes, thirty bunch. Yes, I'm but talking when they actually blow up the, the Zeta. Thing. It was Zeta because yeah, remember Soldier when they showed child, it, that yeah. that its mark is in that's Macross. But I'm trying yeah. to remember Mother, Mother and, child, and child. Either um either F nine. Let's just describe it to Tamino. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it's somewhere with him. Yeah. But yes, um. Definitely a, a, a critical moment in the in the saga of uh, Super Dimension Fortress Macross when um, or as you knew over it at the, that time Robotech Robotech yes when I first saw it Robotech the Macross saga where uh, the where Earth is being defended by uh, rogues and trotties and the uh, remainder of the uh, of the uh, UN Spacey and they're, they're taking on the uh, hordes of Zentradi as they're trying to destroy Earth and um, yeah Earth Earth definitely pays a definite price but uh, there's hope. Because mankind is trying to uh, reestablish life on planet Earth afterwards, and and life is starting to fall. Well, you got to you got to you got to do this in the the voice of the narr Robotech narrator. <laughs> There's hope because the people of the 
<laughs> he didn't talk like that. Oh, damn it. He didn't, he didn't talk like a like damn it. RKO he didn't talk like guy. 40s, 40s news guy. <laughs> damn it. I confused him. Sweet. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, if anything, yeah, the end of the world was not so much the end of the world in that. but um, Which Earth, is appropriate today because this is Rapture Saturday. Yeah, that it is. As so. we record, we are awaiting um, to be beamed up. I don't think any of us. I don't think any of us are getting beamed Aww. up. Why would you have to go and say I that? I think you too, might. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely staying on Earth. <laughs> I'm gonna chill out here. I'm gonna steal everyone's stuff. If everyone who does get raptured. Nice. Man. I'm. I'm heading over to Total Wine. <laughs> Maybe that clerk behind the car is gone. <laughs> All right. But yeah, uh, that's that's that's. My I'm, I'm going to Best Buy, so you know I'm just gonna do a little self-service shopping. Need that 62-inch <laughs> Samsung. <laughs> I will say this: today's not the day to fly. Yeah, I hope you're not. Anyway, that's that's my first choice. Passing it back to Chris. Well, I can't believe that you didn't mention this since you did mention it, but you didn't talk about it. Fist of the North Star. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I was I was gonna I was gonna save that for later, but hey. Uncle Phil. <laughs> well, Fist of the North Star is is pretty much the um, the Mad Max of anime. I've got to say, it's got it's got the dudes with, uh, <laughs> with the Mohawks <laughs> and the motorcycles. <laughs> With a little Desert bit of wastelands, with a little bit of Bruce Lee thrown in for good measure. Yeah, <laughs> and chicken noises, as I always like to call the noises that Ken makes when he's punching the shit out of people. <laughs> that is true. But uh, yeah, Fist of the North Star is definitely uh, the progenitor of all those uh, of those apocalyptic. That was, that was a big thing in uh, in, in the eighties, and nineties, post-apocalyptic. Post yeah, apocalyptic, yeah. But it was always it, everything looked always the same. It was nobody yeah. ever tried it. It was always you know fucking like mohawked motorcycle punks. Yeah, because the thing is, is if if you're in a world where there's no there's no electricity and stuff, how can you keep your hair that nice? <laughs> how can you? In reality, if if this is like post up, no more hairspray. You're gonna be you're gonna be all scruffy and dirty. And the, these guys, they had eyeshadow on, and <laughs> you know mohawks, and they'd have stuff on their cheeks, and it's mm -hmm. like, what the hell is this? A purple rain? I mean, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Purple Rain without the good music? I mean, come on. How could how could Ken burst his shirt and jacket every episode and and, 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 and have and, a new and, one and, 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 and have a, the same a, yeah. a scene later? Yeah. Because <laughs> what you never knew was he was also a master tailor. Hell yeah, dude. No, he had that uh he had that thing that those molecules that the Fantastic Four has in their uniforms. <laughs> so they're so so human torch even who's dead now can actually burn through it without actually burning off or his, or uh, it's mm. it's uh, those those Hulk molecules because how yeah. is it the Hulk like <laughs> you know gets big and his pants don't um yeah. explode and have his like Hulk dong sticking out because yeah, Hulk is Hulk has got to be adding something to the old Hulk schlong <laughs> and it's like or or is he one of those typical big guys? It's like but the the pants always they break at the at you know yeah. the lower part of the legs, but they always resize correctly and the belt yeah. so that he so that he's not running around naked and the belt doesn't burst at all. Because yeah. in, act, stays in actuality, if the Hulk if the Hulk hulks up, <laughs> in actuality, shouldn't his dockers be like a thong? But when he's in Hulk form, yes, pretty much. I, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've not thought too deeply about the issue. Well, I'm just I'm saying. To, I mean, come avoid on. those those, those trains of physics, man. I'm talking like a scientist here. <laughs> but it's 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 just comic physics along the lines of why is it that no one ever recognizes that Clark Kent takes off his glasses and gels back his hair? Yeah. <laughs> who is this mysterious man? Nobody knows who he is. Where did Nobody. he come from? Why why does he take his Elvis curly cue and just flip it back? And it's like that's enough disguise for me. Am I? Uh, am am I? Uh, my. Uh, my Brooks Brother glasses that I have 
<laughs> and especially Lois, it's like you work with the dude every day. Mm-hmm. You can't tell. It's like you work with this guy, but you're banging Superman. Mm-hmm. You can't tell that the guy's the same guy. I know later on. All right, comic book people don't kill me, but I know later on they get. The, but I'm just saying in the initial thing. All right, let's move on. Sweet. Hey, that question hasn't been answered for 70 years. We ain't, we ain't going to get an answer. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Superman's communist. There you go. There you go. That's the right train of thought. All right. Um, now that Chris has answered, Neo, what's your next one? Oh, you couldn't have apocalyptic end of the world thing without, you know, Uh-oh. kill them all to me, no. Oh. And no, what, no better way, of, and this is a day on, no better way of just blowing up part of the universe or a galaxy or whatever the connotation end up being um then the straight murder fest that you have before it with uh <laughs> little girls heads getting blown off oh. uh with bazookas little women pregnant women getting shot in the face um you know stacking having little kids stacking up bodies like wood oh um as, as, as the things are going on and then just seeing uh naked Naked, you know, naked space afterwards where people are just flying through. You almost said naked snake, didn't you? (laughs) I did. Got Metal Gear on the mind. Um, Every episode. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's like, and I think without, where would we be without a day on? Especially, I mean, what would Hidekiano do? I mean, he. It would, what would he do? Evangelion would be completely different without it if, if there mm. was no a day on. So, um, <laughs> you know, and the, and the 14 different ways he killed, he's blown up the earth. So, um, but that would be mine. A All day right. on. Well, um, I guess my next one, um, I could go for the obvious, which is uh, the, the show that bit off a day on so hard, and that would be Evangelion. But yeah. I, I'm going to go for another one. I'm going to go for a different one, man. I'm going to go for Blue Gender. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Remember when the homie, broke, well, homie woke up and the world was completely effed? <laughs> Yeah, like, the end of like, the end of the world had came. Was like twenty five people were left when? in a space station that no hovered doubt. above the uh, hovered above Earth. The, oh the, my god! The end of the world came and left him. <laughs> and he they, missed and the only reason why you didn't get eaten by the by the insects is because somehow your sickness is like akin to the, the mm-hmm. what the insects did. It's like oh my god! <laughs> and then towards the end of that show, mm-hmm. when they got into the uh, space station. And that space sensation just got murked. It's like, oh my god, humanity is about to just get wiped out. Yeah. Any any ups in that show are are counted by so many downs. Oh my Man, god, it, it's a rough time. I think <laughs> I actually think you. Would, I think it'd actually be more enjoyable to sit there and mainline in heroin nice. for a week than nice. watching Blue Gender because at, at least with heroin, you know, you could get off of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Blue Gender. Blue Gender um, oh. That's a show where you know it's um it's Man. good times, good Depressing. times throughout. <laughs> God, but um that's that's my quickie right there. I'm I'll pass it back to Chris. Oh, did you have any thoughts on Blue Gender, Chris? I, you probably didn't watch it. I've seen a few episodes. It's yes. uh it's it's creepy. It's definitely uh post apocalyptic in a different way. Of you just got monsters running around rather than Mohawk guys. Yep. Yeah, the Mohawk so, guys got eaten. Exactly by the monsters. <laughs> yeah. So now, now, wouldn't it be great though if there was like a parody of Blue Gender where it was like the 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 monsters had mohawks with the eyeshadow? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and rode around on motorcycles. What was the guy's name? Hibiki or something? What was his name? Yeah, I think it was Hibiki. Hello, yeah. Hibiki. I'm here to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a post-apocalyptic that's a bit different from what we've talked about up to now, mm-hmm. but I believe it does count. Vampire Hunter D. Yes. Oh, jeez. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. God, how did I forget this? Dude, and that takes place far in the future. Like we're talking the tens 12, of thousands years, something yeah, no like doubt. that. Yeah. Woo! 
It's like yeah. year two, 12,000, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you it's got off. very literally dark post-apocalyptic future where the world has been overrun by vampires. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a hot, busty girl, you better watch out because you may end up being vampire food. <laughs> yeah. And your only hope is a mysterious dude all dressed in black on a horse. That talks to his hand. It, it, it reinvents the saying. Hand job. <laughs> yeah. Talk to the hand. No, the hand talks to you. So if the, if he got the hand and never mind. Go ahead. No. <laughs> never mind. I realized what train you were trying to ne- go on to. Ne- never mind. That train that was derailing. <laughs> the, the, it, the, it derailed before it left the station. That's one of those thoughts uh, reserved for um, when we have the general on or something like that. There you go. It's one of the unsanctioned uh, gun dams. We, we've got to save him something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll come back to that topic of discussion. I, 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 sure. I do think I know where Chris is going with this, though. With the yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll that, just... that does make you wonder. <laughs> it, it does, doesn't it? There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Um, Yowzers. What I like about Vampire Hunter D is that it, you really have this feeling of isolation. All of these little tiny villages mm. that are all far from each other. Mm. And the people you see in the story, they really have the feeling that they're nothing but cattle. Yes, they're not yeah. even people. They're just there as food for the vampires, and they're just trying to eke out whatever existence they can during um, an otherwise miserable existence. And I will tell you this, and I, I know we're probably talking about like uh, the original D and 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 yeah, Blood talking Lock about the original D and Bloodlust too, but but more the original. But right. on a side note, if you ever are able to read the novels because they were bringing them over for a while mm-hmm. of Vampire Hunter D, and they go more into the into like the world and it, it is kind of creepy because like you said it is the people are used as cattle but then there will be times where they'll go through certain areas and there's things that we know about in our time that they discover right and you just it, it just gets that it's just, just that weird whole thing of like you know man this far in the, in the future all these things happen and then like chris said these humans are just being basically kept around as you know f- a food source and you know, and you get a special attention if you're a hot, busty chick. Exactly. You know, you might be called the Vampire Bride. Yeah, a little, vampire a rank bride, up. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yep, the Vampire Hunter D is definitely something I would consider. And um, if uh, anything else to add, to add on that? Nope. All right, Neo, go for it. That one took me out of there when I when I when I heard Vampire Hunter D because <laughs> I was like, Would you like to pass? Yeah, I would like to pass on this one because right. I was like, it, I was like. It's one of those ones we should have said like right away, but it's like wow, but it, it belongs in the classic genre, like yeah, Fist does. of the North, because it, it's it's one of those it's one of those '80s and '90s animes without the guys with mohawks. <laughs> so rare. They don't so really show up in this one. <laughs> they they started to get work in cyberpunk stuff. Yeah. <laughs> They moved on. Yeah. They moved on by that point. Thank God for Ghost in the Shell, huh? There you go. There you go. Keeping 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 punks employed since uh <laughs> yeah. since the mid nineties. But um I guess my next one, um, it's it's not so much a major thing in the show. It's almost even treated on a comedic level in the episode where they really fre- really feature on it. Um but it, it's just part of the backstory really. Um Cowboy Bebop, the moon explodes and it's asteroid uh, the the debris of the moon. Yeah. Starts to random planet That's Earth That's definitely going to gonna screw up surfing. Oh, no doubt. People I st- mean, <laughs> as a former surfer, that would definitely, man, that would screw up some stuff there because. That it would. That's, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's true because it, it really, it took, um, it took 
Earth from being the center of mm -hmm. what everything was going on, that all these other, air, you know, like Ganymede and yep. Mars and all that actually it's became the centers of that world. And it pretty much spearheaded the, uh, yeah. the, the colonist movement where people left Earth to go and um, colonize planets and live on um, space stations and asteroids and whatnot. And um, the few times they do go to Earth, you know, you see, like, in the background, asteroids falling, destroying buildings and, and, you know, new craters getting made every day and people having to redraw maps. And <laughs> like, it's, like, uh, like Ed's dad. Ed's dad, yeah. ex exactly. Mr. And Egg Eater. Usel uselessly redrawing maps every single day. <laughs> it's like, in order to survive on Earth, you kind of have to live underground, and even that's not a guarantee. You know, what's <laughs> funny is if, if they make Cowboy Bebop now, Ed's dad would be riding around in one of those, uh, those Priuses. That's for Google Maps that you see <laughs> drive around town. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and, and, and on top of that, you got like, um, you have satellites that still roam around the planet that are, um, that have been so, they've been untended. So, you know, they've been left to their own devices. Just the Earth is just completely screwed up in that series. And, um, it, well, we like to say those are fracking toasters. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, We'll go one more round. I'm going to pass it back to you. I got you. one now. Oh, you got one? I actually thought right. about it. Go for it. As I was looking at Silver's DVD collection. There you go. Uh, cheat there. But uh, <laughs> one that they don't really talk about, but it, it, it seems like there's a possibility that it happened, mm -hmm. was with uh, a, a show that we were pretty fond of, uh, King Gainer. Oh, yes. Where they're living in the Dome Cities. Yeah. And you know there's some cataclysm that happened because it, it seems like it's akin to our world mm -hmm. and you know of course they're going to yap and um <laughs> and you know it's just like it, it's weird that you would have a situation where it seemed like it almost seems in a, in a weird way i know that it's based in siberia and all that stuff but it almost seems like you know based on all the things you hear about like global warming and all this stuff mm -hmm. where it's like you know the world's colder they live in these dome cities they don't know what the other cities have you know what they're doing or what's going on and and they're kept under stringent control and, and it's and it's also that it, it you get that sense of that weird kind of post-apocalyptic thing where something happened a long time ago that they just don't want to talk about mm -hmm. and which would make sense with tamino because he's all into the apocalypse you know mm. kill them all that's kill his nickname so um <laughs> if you didn't know but, but not um, on that show but not on that no no, that's uh, that's uh, flop them all, like uh, flopping those milkers, like uh, <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. what's her? Yeah, um, yeah, her name. Yeah, yeah. So red leather fetishist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You Turn know, teacher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Blanche Unley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Without the man hands. Well, without the man hands and what are, and the or, penis. or the man thighs and the penis that uh, Chunley has. Damn. <laughs> oh, dude, you're going a step further than me, but. You know, one thing I like about Gainer is that uh, the whole motif is in, instead of being like a desert wasteland, like almost yeah. all post-apocalyptic things, it's a frozen wasteland. Mm -hmm. And and there and, there's, and in a and sense, society has survived. It's not like the entire world collapsed. It's just that it adapted to living in these domes in an ice age, basically. And and what's funny too is in all these other post-apocalyptic things, it's a very depressed society. Yeah. And it just seems. Even in Gainer, they don't seem that depressed. It's they're still doing, like you said. They're, well, it's they're been so long that stuff. people have gotten used to it. You know, they yeah. have jobs, they go to school, they go home, they play video games. You know, it's like whatever that cataclysm was, it happened so long ago that it's no longer people's memories. And they don't talk about it. They don't dwell on it because that's it's another, ancient history. 
Yeah, that's yeah. another thing you always see in these post-apocalypse things where they, they always talk about the war. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, it's like old people here in the States, mm-hmm. you know, they, they talk about the war. Hey, back in my day, we, before we had to all have Mohawks and motorcycles, <laughs> we used to have cars and airplanes. <laughs> Looks like the people in that show got an extreme case of I cabin fever. I remember back in the day, I ki- one day, my first day out on the thing, I killed four Jerry's. Jerry's. <laughs> You're getting back into 1940s uh, announcer guy <laughs> with a dash of John Lovitz. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, ki- I won it's... World War II all by myself. Yeah, yeah that's, I... yeah, that's you know, the ticket. You know Hitler? Yeah, I shot him. Yeah. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Anola Gay, I, I, I flew it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. All right. So, King Gainer, um, Chris, any any others to add at all? Well, I, I guess I'll throw this one in. Uh, one, because I'm reviewing it in two since I'm the motorcycle robot fetishist of this group. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and that is uh, most beta. Hey, oh, yeah. there you go. Because in, in, for all intents and purposes, it really is a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic series because mm. yeah. the inbit they come, they pretty much destroy the planet. <laughs> yep, they wiped you know, out every, the place. Every episode you see, every city they come across is in utter ruin. Mm-hmm. People live in dirty little villages and dirty little towns. They don't really have technology anymore because the inbit are always watching for anyone using HBT. Um, you know, you have everyone just living miserable lives. They all turn on each other. You know, no one helps each other. Whenever they see a soldier, they hand them over to the inbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have uh, desert wastelands. You have dudes with mohawks and motorcycles. So you hit all of the points of <laughs> what's required for 80s post-apocalyptic anime. It's like they had a checklist yeah, in hand. Exactly. <laughs> Mohawks, check. Eye makeup, check. Motorcycle, check. Do they drink and they cuss? Check. check. <laughs> Desert wasteland, check. Check. <laughs> Who runs Barter Town? Yeah. Check. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that and, and you know the thing is, is if you think about Mosapeda, it's a really damn depressing show. It like, is. I mean, for a it, kids robot show, it's really depressing. You, I mean, you sit people there and selling you look each at other it. out, and mm-hmm. yeah, you look at it and it's like it doesn't seem that bad. But man, when you sit there and watch it, like damn, this is a damn depressing ass thing well, going on. Welcome here. to the early eighties. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know it, sometimes it gets really bad, like the whole thing. Even like, more they so, have the yeah. flashbacks of the soldier hunts where it's Goodness. like, yeah, kill the soldiers. Or the episode of, of the shady town where uh, you yeah. find out that they all murdered um, the peacenik of the town who didn't yep. want to fight the inbit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. they're, and they're all trying to hide it from everyone. Um, you know, the, the town where the, the war hero is selling out soldiers to the inbit. I mean, it's like everyone's always selling out everybody in this show. And I've not seen that to that degree in any other show of people constantly betraying and selling out each other. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the people that were left back on Earth, man, they... They got screwed was, up. Yeah. yeah, they got... And, I mean, it, it's the definite... It's it's the definite um, case of seeing, like, collaboration or collaborators or, you know, or just people that just are so selfish. They're mm-hmm. just going to do what they need to do to stay involved because... Yeah, the one the disturbing one is the soldier hunt one. That soldier hunt episode, it's like, whoa, this is just that was and the, and the peacenik one too is pretty bad. It's pretty raw dog. Yeah, yeah. But it's what you would expect of you know the population living for like thirty years under oppression to an extreme level. 
Yeah. It almost it almost like it almost was society became feral in, in a sort sense. of because yeah. you know the inbit they don't care about you they'll, they'll kill anyone who who, uh, <laughs> who interferes with them and you know people's natural proclivities take over. Yep. Yeah. And they, they let you turn on each other. They let you live as a privilege. <laughs> That's pretty much it until they decide to take that away. But um. Yeah, so I would I would definitely uh, mention that um, with I think an amusing note just to as as an honorable mention, mm-hmm. uh, unintended apocalypse of Robotech Masters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I think it is an amusing thing because the the whole thing that happens at the end of Robotech Masters in Robotech where you know. Zor, he uh, he blows up the three mounds of the the SDF one, the mm-hmm. non-existent SDF two, and Chiron ship. He unleashes the flower of life that calls in <laughs> the Invid, Invid, and and the Invid, I should mm-hmm. say, and and perpetuates what they do in New Generation. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. yeah. However, in the actual Southern Cross. When he unleashes those whatever the hell they are in that show, it's been a while since I saw the uncut version. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing because it's bringing new life to this alien world they live on that is not Earth. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's amusing <laughs> that you can have one ending in the original version go from being like a wonderful, great thing to suddenly turning into the horrible, worst thing possible. <laughs> Isn't that the whole thing about Robotech? It was just the, the context it was put in. <laughs> In the I guess, end, I guess you could say that. I mean, going from the source material to Robotech, it was always like, it's like, man, this is this way. Not they... if, not if your name is Doug Bendo and and you're the the Robotech Defense Force uh, Admiral. Oh no! Well, Solbro, did you renounce your commission in the Robotech Defense Force? Oh damn! <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's funny. I I did register with them when I was a kid. So I guess I'm somewhere. I'm still registered with the RDF, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm still. I still have. I still have oh, fondness for Switzerland. Hey man, there I'm not trying comes. to be Switzerland. Switzerland. <laughs> some, some people like this and others don't. Hey, I'm just saying. I I, I, know, I recognize the, look, look, I recognize Robotech for what it is. I'm not saying that it, it. And I'm not one of those that say it's better than the source material. I'd be that. that I'd have to be drunk to wow. say that. So you're, yeah, it's uh, better than the source material. See, it's <laughs> better than that. Those crappy anime shows. What the it hell was, kind of name is It was a product of his day that, that was damn like entertaining. That name. Some was, Jap name. <laughs> and it was ahead of its time and on, on American television. Nowadays, that shit won't fly. Stage uh, Fright so- is my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> I sing it in the shower when I'm all alone. This uh, is my big right. day. <laughs> maybe I'm all alone because I sing that song. I don't know. <laughs> I've sung it once or twice. And I, I love I'll it when it. I hear my captains talk like they're some... Vampire from Transylvania. <laughs> oh, please. Booby trap, sir? Please get us to warp out of here. Or fold out of here. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> One bats, two bats, three <laughs> bats. When the captain sounds like, what was that the vampire's name on SCTV? Uncle, uh... No, he sounds like frickin' the Count off Sesame Street. No, I'm just saying. He t- <laughs> no, he sounded more like, um... The freaking vampire that was on SCTV, Dude, man. I totally forget. I'll be honest with you. Man. As being of Canadian heritage, yeah. Um, I never watched SCTV because I grew up man. in South Florida. Damn, and you love, like, and you, and you love Strange Brew? Get well, out. Well, I love it. Get out. Get yeah. out. <laughs> because those were summers in Montreal. Man. But I don't know. They're all communists up there anyways. But um, all right. My, mine would be... Your final pick, sir. Is... And this... It's one of those shows where it has two seasons, but 
The first season's good, and the second one's crap. I swear, if you take mine, I'm gonna, I'll be upset. Big O. Big O. Oh, well, you did take. Yeah, me. because Big O is <laughs> Big O is kind of like um, Gainer. Yeah. Where you know you have New York within those dome cities. Mm-hmm. When they leave the cities, it's you a mean freaking, Gotham City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paradigm City. Oh my AKA god. AKA Gotham City. Anime Gotham City. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the lead singer of The Cure survived the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Roger Smith is chief negotiator. Dopeness. He will always live. Um, but, but it kind of uh, had a Dark City vibe to it too. Where yeah, you know, it does. But yeah. you know, when they when they would leave the Dome City, and it was like Wasteland. it was just, it was an actual desert. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just wiped <laughs> out, and it was the, and and that thing, it was the whole weird thing of. Nobody could remember from 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole shtick on them. Pretty much. It's so, like, with every generation, or yeah. with, with every period in time, no one can remember the previous period as if it's And professional. then, of course, they had the second season, which was garbage. Oh. And um, it didn't go the way I wanted. But like a lot of animes, it disappointed me Absolutely. at the end. So, <laughs> um, so, bro. Well, my final one, um, it actually starts out. Um, it's kinda... I didn't take yours, did I? Mm-hmm. No, you didn't take mine okay. at all. I-, I thought about the big O, though, but I... I Let me guess, Argento Soma. No, no, not Argento Soma. Although, Brain-powered. there is some budged up stuff <laughs> in Argento Soma. It's pretty much the end of the world is going on throughout the course of the show. series. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good premise in that Master one. Master Keaton. No, it's not. Shoot, I, I wish I could find a way to crowbar Master Keaton into this conversation, but I can't. But no, um... Batman in the animated series. No, no. A show that starts off already at, with the world decimated. Um, but we already said it, Gundam it, X. It, it works in reverse, in my sense. It works in reverse. Dugram. as if it's huh? What's that? Dugram. No, no. Um, Damn, I forgot that one too. Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan. Oh. Mankind is so beaten down they live underground, and when they come up, there's right much now you just gave a you just gave a a, a a Cuban guy with long hair a boner. No doubt. Uh, Gurren Lagan. <laughs> He's gay. Pedro's got like this super sensitive hearing. <laughs> what, what, so they say, "Girl, look on, look on." I'm sure some of the listeners have been screaming that throughout this whole this whole discussion. When are you going to say, "Girl, look on"? Well, I'm sure that's is. not the only I, thing they're I, screaming. I think, I think he would he would dispute the Cuban guy part since he's not. <laughs> oh, he's not. Oh no. Oh, what is he? He's half Spaniard, half Irish. Oh, oh man. Okay. He's a Spaniard. Sorry. Man? Conquistador up in the house, man. Nice. I was stereotyping nice. just based on <laughs> your experiences. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm, because you're ill-informed and racist. Hey, man, he's got a, a, a consistency. That's Neo. <laughs> but no, uh, he's Gurren, a Latino to order. Gurren Lagan kind of. They all in. look the same. I can't they tell them the same. <laughs> I call them like I see them. There you go. But yeah, Gurren Lagan works. I don't in. understand it, so I'm just gonna yell at it. <laughs> Um, it, it, Gurren Lagan works in reverse, basically. Um, uh, you know, mankind, you know, doesn't see a future outside of the underground societies they live in. They rise up they're from there. They're freaking dirt eaters. Yeah, they're dirt eaters, and then they finally get the gumption to leave their underground um, confines. Gumption is. Hey man, I'm t- I got a I got a wedge in wedge in old timey words into That's the right. conversation. <laughs> you got the gumption there, baby. I think you're gonna be a big star. One of these days, you're gonna see you right on the right on the billboard there. It's gonna say up in lights, Jane Smith, and it's gonna be like she's a true star <laughs> you'll be the most important person in hollywood land <laughs> i've but never met a woman with more gumption and more desire than you have right there <laughs> they haven't used words like that since people talk like this <laughs> but what, the, did ever, what did people ever talk like this <laughs> but the the the, the narrative thrust of the show is humanity on the come up they uh, rise up from there uh, from the ashes of old society come up and um rebuild 
uh, mankind like a phoenix rising. The rebuild Earth by um, fighting for their their pretty much their freedom and their right to exist. And, and by ripping off on. every other anime. What's that? No, oh, just <laughs> and then eventually it, it takes him to the top, which is to you know the space. That was to Gunbuster. Take on. What's that? That was Gunbuster. Aim well, for the top. Yeah, Same they, guy next they, show. They but... aim for the top too, and 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 Gurren Lagan, and and they take on you know uh, they they have an epic. Now, now the other pet bear just Gunbuster. <laughs> <laughs> we managed well, to rein them both in. Got internet caps, but yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, it just it, it goes to the extra degree of uh, mankind reaching for the stars from nothing practically. They go from zero to sixty throughout the whole series, and it's an interesting um, and how many transition. Hmm? Zero to sixty in twenty six episodes. Twenty six episodes, man. <laughs> zero to sixty million. But yeah, Gurren Lagan, I got definitely got to throw that hat into the ring, and. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, um, of course, there's Ava, but we, we're not going to talk about that. Why'd you do that? <laughs> Any other honorable mentions That's before like we head up? That's 14 different versions. Mm. You don't even know how the world actually blows up in that You're one. Right. It's like, this is, this is Adano, Ano in um, you know, 1997. This mm-hmm. is him in 2001. This is when he got more money in 2008 to do something, and now he's been given a, 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 a big huge buzz it in 2010-2011. You know, so. So what impact are we on? Like 18th impact? <laughs> I have no point. clue. They got, they got people here you never even knew were in that universe now. So it's like, <laughs> well, well. A- any other honorable mentions? This is mentions? not Razafon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> any, any other thoughts, gentlemen, on any other honorable mentions or, or things at all to this topic here? Nope. Nope. All right, well, we're going to bring us out of here. You got the gumption to do it. I believe I in you. The gumption you to take can us- do it there, soul bro. <laughs> I will take us home. Take us on home there. <laughs> as, as we Destination up, Gundam. Destination, Destination Orlando. <laughs> here we see... We see the black guy, Soul Bro, bring it on home in the second episode, or the second segment of the whatever episode this is of this Gundam. Is, this is the black one, and we'll be right back with more Gundam at MAHQ. Listen to the charisma. Wow, look at that. Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us. And the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus, where are these goddamn animals? Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater. Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you? At tinyurl.com slash pitpodcast. Remember... There is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. Ricky Hunter, you're late, but at least you made it to my party. Rick, how have you been? Glad I could come. Well, well, who do we have here? Wait just a minute. Who are you? Ben here has just been assigned to me. I'm Corporal Ben Dixon, man. Well... What's up? Nice to meet you. This is Corporal Max Sterling. How do you do? Call me Max, ma'am. You're pretty good looking. Oh, that was a very nice compliment, ma'am. I'm just honored to meet a beautiful girl like you. Well, welcome to my birthday party, Max. I want you to come over here and sit next to me, all right? Okay. Listen, Rick, if it were me, I'd keep an eye on him. Oh, brother. DJ! Attention! This is an emergency! All Veritech group members scramble. All Veritech group members scramble. 
of the fighter. Boy, I'm glad the repairs don't come out of my pocket. Max, you did pretty well. Yep, it was luck, though. They said I put away nine. Nine? My total was zero. Well, what a hotshot Max has become. I'll say. About how many did you blast? About five. Oh, I'm sorry, I mentioned it. You probably feel bad that Max beat you out. Oh, I don't know, I, uh... I was pretty good. Huh? I imagine it's possible they might even promote me. Some jump. Corporal to General after one battle. They blew up my car! They blew up my car! They blew up my car! Gun damn shame. They blew up my gun damn car and all you got to say is a gun damn shame! No car, no money, you're having a bad day. That's it! I'm through with you, man! I'm calling some of my homies, I'm getting a load, and I'm stepping the f*** off! Welcome back to Gundam. And so wraps up episode 78 full of fire and damnation and <laughs> lamentation and, and fire and, and damnation. And Gundamnation. There you go. Yes. So if you are one of the also damned, you will be enjoying this episode and future ones because I'm pretty sure that we're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they said that what, the rapture is going to take like a few months or something like that. That's what the crazy guy said. Yeah, um, so he, yeah, until October, we'll have some some goodness for you until then. And after that, uh, maybe we'll, we'll be the first uh, podcast from hell. Who knows? There you go, man. Yeah, That's and a wrap. Next year, in what, December, we'll be going to End of the World 2. With the Mayans, right? Oh, no, that's that's next December. That's what I just said. Oh yeah, it's all Listen right. to the show. It's a good show. Sometimes. Twenty twenty twelve December. Um, but yeah, well then, damn. So okay. Well, Either here. way, we'll uh, we'll have we'll have uh, we'll podcast still be for here. you. <laughs> Damnation or not? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which was the theme of one of our topics as we discussed our favorite anime apocalypses, along with the wacko, bizarre manga Gundam Sose. There you go. Damn, freaking awesome manga. So, any of you uh, guys have any announcements to make before we get into the internet whoring? 
<laughs> um, Solbro told me like last week that uh, the Admiral is a follower on Gundam. Yes, he is. And I just want to let the Admiral know that he needs if he he should come on our show to interview him. I'll uh, put Chris and Solbro to the side. You can interview with me because I'll respect you and talk about things you want to talk about. But uh, we would definitely like that interview with you. Hey, who's the journalist here in this outfit, huh? <laughs> what do you think's going on here? I'm pushing you out. For, for those who your not time in- is gone. You. You, you, you. <laughs> for, for those who are not in the know, uh, Edward James Olmos is who we're referring to. Yeah, and um, that's pretty Gund- cool, man. Gundam followed him on on Twitter as as did I, and then the next day, apparently he followed both 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 Twitter and and, and both uh, Gundam on Twitter and my 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 Twitter as well. So I, I thought that was kind of cool that he's a celebrity that actually follows yep. back. You know, that's really him, or is it some twelve year old boy? No, it's it's, a, it's, it's, it's it's him. It's verified. Say that about the admiral. That's a that's his freaking assistant, man. How dare you? <laughs> See, see, this is why you're not going to be on the interview, Chris. <laughs> Things like that. We'll see about that. Hey, man. Put up your dukes. We'll resort it's, to fisticuffs. It's it stinks too because I he was uh, he was recently here in, at the French Festival here in Orlando, oh. which is a big um, uh, film fest, independent mm-hmm. film fest here in Orlando. So, um, uh, but yeah, Admiral, we want you on, man. It'd be good. Stone definitely want to talk to you about some other things besides Battle being Soul? the coolest admiral ever. But, uh, you know, hook us up. You know where to get us, man. <laughs> Tweet me. Tweet us. It, it, and, and, and Neo has thrown the interview hat into the ring. Yes. There and after go. him, it's Sir Michael Bay. Sir Michael Bay. <laughs> Was 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 he night? Was this? Did this happen during the royal honeymoon, and no one noticed that he that he became Sir Michael Bay? He snuck in there, and then and like I've always said, once I come to power here in the United States, I will knight him too. Even though we don't have that stuff, but I'll make it up. He was knighted by Uncle Sam. Executive. So order. basically, you're going to become uh, you're going to become <laughs> Rudolph Goldenbaum. Yes. And, and create a nobility out of nothing. Pretty much. Hey, it's it's a pretty good. Hey, he showed me the way. They're gonna start a genetic exclusion laws too, and and give make everyone talk. Uh, no, 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 no. Germanic languages and and have Germanic last names. Nah, can't really do that because I'm a French ancestry <laughs> in other ways. So the Germanic stuff just not gonna jive. But uh, I'll do it my own way. But I'll I'll, I'll use I'll, I'll use that route though. So, but yeah, Edward James Olmos and, and Sir Michael Bay, you know where to get us. All right. All right, well, you, you heard it there. Uh, episode 5 of uh, Chaos Theater is out. We talk about Chrono Trigger, so check that out. Oh, yeah. And sometime during this month, you'll see the premiere of the actual Episode 1 of Laplace's Box. Oh, well, oh. isn't isn't this is great news, though, too. Isn't, um, um, isn't Chaos Theater, though? It's now legal on um, iTunes. Yes. So all those all those folks that were always looking for it on iTunes, uh, they they've now hit the age of consent. It was it was it was kind of like the uh, age of consent. you know like those Miley Cyrus websites, you know the oh. countdowns. When's when's uh, when's KSC are going to hit episode five? So you know you can definitely check that out on your iPads and iPods and iPhones or whatever the hell else Steve Jobs puts an eye in front of. <laughs> so oh by the way, Chris, um, can hit hit the people with the um, the URL for Laplace's Boxes website. Yes. That would be laplaceshow.blogspot.com. Absolutely. You can also find it off the MAHQ menu under podcasts. And um, uh, any anything else to add, Chris? News-wise, that is. There'll be some new stuff coming on MAHQ soon that we've already announced. Nice. But I'll be deliberately uh, evasive here. So of course. You can go to the news page and check it out to yourself and see what I was talking about. Or was I? <laughs> 
did it did it happen or did it already happen? The knowns and the unknowns. There's it could be a an unknown unknown. Maybe it's a known unknown or an unknown known. Or the absence of evidence is the evidence of absence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta love English wordplay. Yeah. Gotta love it. I love Dick Cheney. There you go. <laughs> that was Donald Rumsfeld. That was, that was or whatever. That's one of those, Rumi, guys. What one of those old guys. I don't know. <laughs> one of those old old guys from the last administration. They all the same. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'll, I'll uh, hand it off to you, Solbro, for the internet whoring. Thanks, Chris. And now, peep these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. Mahq.net. That's the Mecca and Anime Headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right, it's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and um, other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear South, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. Back to you, Chris. All right. Did somebody take over Solbro for a second there? Like Mr. Announcer, I, I had to do my best, my best Don Newkirk impression. Hey, yo, man, my label made Don Newkirk, man. Step to him. Thanks, Search. For those of you who think your answers are correct, Don, tell them where to send the answers to. Thanks, Al. For all you listeners at home who think you have the right answers, jot them down on a four by ten sheet of paper. <laughs> it's the, it's the I, rapture. He got he got possessed by the soul of a of a dead game announcer. I had to look over. Yeah, was it that was it that homeless guy? That homeless guy announcer that like they found on the side of the road. That YouTube guy. I got I got possessed by Rod Roddy. What can I say? For sure a moment, I was wearing a flamboyant shirt. <laughs> so, bro, tell them what they've won for participating <laughs> on. <laughs> the Price is Right. You get a new Ford Focus. <laughs> A new microwave. <laughs> it's a 900 watt microwave from Magnavox. A Hawaiian vacation. <laughs> a trip to Tahiti. <laughs> Got it. All right. So that wraps up uh, this episode of Gundam. We'll be back for all of your mecha anime needs in the world of Damnation. You've been listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Go, Jesus. MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. What can I do for you? Space Ghost, please. Space Ghost, there's a saucer crab out here to see you. I wish to give him the beating of his life. Tell him I'm not here. What? He says he's not here. Come outside, sibling coward. Now is the time for your weekly beating. Beating? Shh, Grandpa, be quiet and maybe he'll go away. Punk him out, Tadley! He has a dead.
death ray. Well, if you're not gonna do it, then I will. I'm calling you out, crap. You go ahead, Grandpa. I'll take care of things here. I'll show you what you get when you go mano y mano with the Grey Ghost. What? Uh, using a tractor beam on an old man, eh? Silence, old man. It's okay, Les. I think we're out of range. Was that too much? No, no, no. You were great. Thanks for the rescue, man. Don't mention it, Ed. Who's uh, next on the beating list? Earthling Mary Hart. Finally, some entertainment tonight! <laughs> <laughs>